the world back. I don't care if you have hometown heroes. I don't care where you came from. No one is on my level. Absolutely no one. You know where someone else is on September 6th, um, wow, the last, well, not even 24 hours, man, has been fucking crazy, I mean, before I butcher my own fucking, you know, reading and recapping, you know what I mean, I do have to give some, I know my thoughts are always fucking brief when I'm writing, and I, it feels like I say a lot, but I don't really say a lot, and this weekend wasn't a really good weekend, I, you know, had a couple of mental health episodes and all that kind of stuff, you're like really, you know, lonely and you isolate yourself from people kind of in a way. And then, you know, you don't trust people. And then, uh, you know, you, you don't really have much. And, and then and top it off, you just have like a, all you have in your life essentially are just a bunch of fucking, you know, trolls that are like, you know, pushing you to like the brink of, of insanity. And, you know, the fact that they're allowed to get away with it. Yeah, like any any, any minor thing that I might say. Like, you know what I mean? If I, if I say something in the wrong fucking tone, they'll fucking allude to the fact that I'm dangerous. Yet, like, they're showing off about, like, having, you know, footage of me crying to wrestling or, you know, me, uh, or, you know, being able to hack my fucking shit and, uh, you know, just fuck with everything just to put more paranoia into me because, uh, they, you know, all they do is just, mo- their, their days are just surrounded by monitoring me. And I don't do much anyway, so they, you know, already are... They they hate me because I'm not giving them the entertainment they need, right? So they can keep mocking me. Because whenever you try to, like, act normal, or try to be happy at least for, like, at least for, like, five minutes, they'll find a way to, like, uh, you know, destroy your fucking soul still. Take, you know, just break you down completely mentally, you know. 
And then, and because it's under the guise of, oh, internet, because the internet doesn't really fucking matter, because it's like, you know, you keep making it seem like it's 1995, and the internet's just, a, even though it's always mattered, but, you know, no one sees a bigger picture, so, you know, uh, yesterday was probably, you know, something that was fucking needed for my, you know, to feel a little bit fucking happy for, like, at least a couple hours before I go back into misery, you know, and, uh, you know, just sabotage more. And, you know, come up with more loony theories that don't fucking, you know, fit in the real world. But somehow you still are supposed to, you know, you're supposed to, you know, be there. But, again, no one really, you know, gives two shits when they are, you know, feeling shit. It's always, all oh, mental health, my DMs are open. You know, I'm going to support people who have mental health problems. But then, like, they just sit back and watch people fucking suffer from, you know, organized harassment and, you know, stalking. So like, you really have nothing really to enjoy in life. You know what I mean? You keep waking up wondering how the fuck are you alive and you keep like, you know, wanting to go into your fucking dream world. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but it just, you know. But, uh, you know, f- for the time being, I guess I'm a little bit happier, you know. I-, I shouldn't say happier, I should say less shittier mood, I guess, you know. There's like there's no degrees of happiness when it comes to like my my existence, so I should say just less shitty. You know what I mean? Like I feel in a, in a, in a in a in a calmer mood. I'm not screaming or yelling, you know. Um, but I mean it, it is what it is. Um, they just you know find ways to like you know fuck with your head. But you know yesterday was uh like dude yesterday was pro- I I know it's like you know we 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 live in a hype beast era for the last, like, decade or so, especially with the internet, so, you know, everything gets hyped up as, like, one of the greatest things, but I think, uh, yesterday was probably one of the, uh, greatest fucking pay-per-views that I've ever seen, and just, you know, and I, and I, and I was hesitant, because I didn't want to see, you know, surprise after surprise in the sense that everything's gonna get buried into, into one thing, and, you know what I mean, it just feels like you might just be going for shock value rather than, Rather than, you know, actually, you know, rather than actually, like, you know, building to something. But I also think they are building to something. And, I, you know, it just I, I get fucking worried because I just don't want it to become what WWE became. You know what I mean? Like, where you can't even have honest conversation about it. You can't, you know. And then, and then if you want to add another narrative to the conversation, you're kind of left out of the conversation. Because you either got to go with the anti or the pro completely sometimes, you know what I mean, you can't really, you know, think badly about a billionaire, you know, you, you're not allowed to, you know, question billionaires for some odd reason, people are so fucking loyal to everything, because they have financial ties to it, so it kind of, you know, takes you out of the whole thing, but, uh, you know, uh, but yesterday it was, it was like, yeah, man, I, I can't really complain much about, you know, what happened. I thought everything delivered. I thought the fans were into every fucking thing. The show was hot from beginning to uh, beginning to end, for the most part. I still think AEW has to, like, at least keep the pay-per-view under four hours, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, like, you know, it just... Sometimes I just think they go a little too fucking long, but this one, I, I, I'll i say that this event, this time, you know, d- you know, 
it deserved to uh, be as long as it was from what it delivered. You know what I mean? I just hope that isn't the standard every fucking time, you know what I mean? But it just feels like there's a, you know, good atmosphere in the air, you know? And it seems more and more that the WWE foundation is kind of cracking. And again, I've given my theories about this. Like, you know, I look at the world in a different fucking view. Some people won't agree with it, um, you know, but then they'll put me in a box where, you know, all the fucking, you know, ignorant shit is. But even though I'm looking at it in a bigger picture where I think old institutions, you know, officially are fucking dying more and more so other fucking institutions can be built. And maybe because we're living in more of a, you know, positive, there's more of a balance of good, at least, on some level. Even though everyone's kind of dirty in the system, but there's, like, a more positive out, uh, you know, atmosphere where it's maybe less compromised than, you know, the predecessors. You know, uh, you know, I just... Uh, it just just feels like, you know, WWE is dying now, I guess. Like, I know they're still making their fucking money, you know what I mean? Like, in that sense, you know, they're, they're not, obviously, they're not dying financially. But right now, you know, on a morale fucking standpoint, they're fucking, I think, I think I've never seen this at an all-time fucking low of, of, of nothing, you know what I mean? Like, they'll probably now try to fucking do something fucking dope or they'll continue, they'll continuously, uh, you know, bury themselves ultimately. Like, you know what I mean? Because now it has to be seen that WWE sees AEW as a threat. And I don't know what the ratings are going to be this Wednesday. But uh, to me, it, it, it has to at least do close to 2 million. At least it has to be, it has to do over what Raw does. I mean, with that kind of buzz that you built... You know what I mean? And and from what I'm gathering online, I don't know how official this is, but now you're kind of gate gaining more fucking fandom, more people. I see more people who, you know, who, you know, all were completely anti-AEW. Some of them are still anti-AEW. That's, you know, let's not get it fucking twisted. But, you know, the uh, there's a bunch of other people who are now just blindly just switching over now, kind of, in a way. Like, so now they have no problem kind of shitting on Vince McMahon a little bit more now or something like that. So, to me, it just signals that there is going to be a shift in the power dynamic. I've been saying it for a while, you know. I always thought the change was going to come in with the, in the form of WWE. Like, there was going to be some internal change where now it was going to, like, you know what I mean? That's why I always thought, like, some of these angles... And I'm talking about real-life angles where, like, somebody gets screwed... Like, you know, Zack Ryder gets screwed over. That it was ultimately going to pay off in a long way. And it feels like the way it's paying off is that they have to go outside of WWE while it's kind of dying inside, you know what I mean? But, like, it's still kind of, in my personal opinion, always organized in in that manner, you know what I mean? What the call... Because I guess WWE is always going to go down this fucking way anyways. You know what I mean? Like, these elite people, man, they... I'm not talking about AW elite. I'm talking about, like, you know, the elite fucking human beings in this fucking world, apparently. For some reason, they've been bestowed that fucking honor. But they they, they have advanced knowledge. They, you know, are well more aware when they got to take losses. The losses are just as much predetermined as, you know, as pro wrestling itself. You know, you, 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 it, it just, you have to fucking lose. That's why you, that's why you got to gamble a little bit. You know what I mean? And so you, in places where you know that it's probably going to fail, because ultimately it kind of, 
the, the system profits from it because there'll be documentaries, there'll be like all this stuff that people can profit off of. So they create these things where like, you know, people can create news and create like, you know, headlines out of shit and, you know, and, and have like these discussions where it can be taken to different narratives, you can have different documentaries and all that kind of stuff. These people know how to fucking get ahead of it, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they profit, you know, um, behind the scenes with some of the destruction stuff about them, you know? Because they, 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 and, you know, and I find that in the, in the timing right now, like, you know, the the whole 9-11 retrospective, them doing a Saudi show, um, you know, uh, neoliberals ways of uh, dissecting shit where, uh, oh, look, uh, Oh look, um, uh, Saudi what they call Saudi Arabia was the people that were purely responsible. Like the U.S. could only ever be evil because you know Saudi Arabia, you know what I mean only because of that. You know what I mean not because you know they've had their hands dirty for like you know since it's, you know since its existence essentially. But the thing is, is like you know, um, then and then you have like the dark side of the ring episodes and the, and these documentaries are always meant to and now with social media it's meant to recreate more fucking discussion about it because now you're looking at the correlation of what's been happening so by design they've created these documentaries to be placed at certain times and now I, I don't I, I don't find it coincidental that they're you know doing it right now it's going to be debuting soon right you know the, the uh, again the second part of the first season uh, of the th- of the third season rather and uh, now you have uh and now, and now, and now you have like you know stuff that's going to dissect you know some of the older guard like John Cena probably cuz the Chris Canyon episode they they're definitely going to have a John Cena on Howard Stern they'll definitely have Rick Flair on Howard Stern uh calling in to to confront him and all that kind of stuff and then and then you know you and then you'll have you know uh, some of the fucking plane ride from hell and some of the stuff that WWE probably did there and then you have the steroid trial as well right so you know it's not everything to be focused on WWE but there are going to be three episodes that I do think are going to open you know open those wounds again and people are going to analyze it cuz that's how it's designed to be you know you analyze the shit so and then and while this is happening with WWE now you have another promotion that's on the fucking rise you know not coincidentally you know what I mean people people want to believe this all happens organically and I'm not saying that like there isn't a fresher fucking you know pair of hands in the fucking you know in, in the you know in the cookie jar now whatever and all that but it 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 doesn't mean that it's a bad thing that you know something is, is like organized it just it just I'm just worried that it'll become that you know it'll become as toxic as WWE, like pro WWE, because the people who are like you know representing the company online are way too extra with having to like de- like you know what I mean you like like for example like you know people are all about diversity and all that kind of stuff, but then when AEW is on the top and they don't really have as diverse an audience, the diverse of people that they could use, and you know then people start making excuses for them, right? But like I'm not gonna say that they don't have anyone because on the dark shows there's a a lot of you know enhancement guys that are working and all that kind of stuff so they, they're getting time you know but, but sometimes i do believe that they don't push extra hard for you know you know minorities but more specifically you know what i mean like they'll make every excuse for why someone black cannot because it's because again you present the whole thing with like because of how limited the, the discussion is so they make it seem like 
people only want them there because they're black. And I, I'm sure there's people that will want anyone that just because they're being black or brown, you just want them there, right? But you, but then that side of the argument's always like kind of dismissing that like maybe these people are actually talented, but there's no one in a fucking you know. Let's be honest, a, a not so you know that you know not so minority friendly the history of professional wrestling so it's like no one will put like people will be extra hard on them it's like somebody like you know if a black commentator messes up people call for his head look how quickly they called for that fucking uh that fucking uh that brown dude that was commenting on raw they fucking immediately want it you know what i mean like they want that look how look how immediately you wanted that the, the woman fired but you don't want any of the like the what the, the white problematic people in in the in the fucking uh, you, you don't want John Laurinaitis fired for telling AJ she's not fuckable. You don't want fucking uh, Kevin Dunn fucking fired for shit that he's done, or whatever, right? But you want like the, the the black writer who went went on a podcast and she she you know put, you know put out there that she didn't have much wrestling experience even though they hired her. You know what I mean? So like. Like, people will make every excuse, especially when it's a black person, to uh, dismiss that. You know what I mean? And there's plenty... Listen, I don't know every, every single independent worker, right? But there's enough... Like, like Shane Taylor should be... I mean, maybe it's a good thing he's an ROH, but Shane Taylor is someone that should be fucking, you know, m- m- higher up in the industry. Jay Lethal, you know, he's, like, established himself, but I believe he should, like, you know, be someone that AEW would push for. You know what I mean? Like... But, like, you know what I mean? And, and, then, and then there's AJ Gray, who I think has done great work from what I've seen and all that. It's like these guys, I see them cut promos. They have the fucking promos. It's like, does AEW want to do that? And I feel like the more the establishment becomes, like, now people are going to shut down the conversations about it and make it seem like the people complaining are the ones that are the fucking assholes for complaining about wanting more diversity. Like, like, listen, I agree. There's people that just want Jay to win the fucking world title right away. She, she's clearly not ready, but they are putting her in a position where they're building to, you know, her, you know, to something bigger for her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, like even though they, they, they don't give enough women the time, they're still presenting her like her matches, uh, you know, are, 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 are really, really... Like you know, special because she does it, you know, so often, right? But she needs a feud now to at least put her in the next fucking category. You know what I mean? Like she can't just be doing squash. She's been doing the squash matches for 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 a while now, right? So to me, I think that like you know, you need to have her in a feud. Does she need to be in the title feud? No, not not right now. But but the thing is, only only fucking chances you get at. Uh, in AEW, uh, uh, is basically being in a title feud, uh, you know, at least on the main show, whatever, right? So that's why people probably want Jade push that level because there's no other they, like they they don't have multiple women feuds that are being featured. They'll have QT Marshall and Big Show, right? So like you can fucking feature them. I mean, people will just say no, no, they aren't ready. But it's like then h- how do you get them ready if you're not gonna at least attempt a fucking feud? You know what I mean? Like, so to me, so like, to me, like, I, I, I don't want Jay to win it because I don't think she's ready. Like, I don't think she's fully ready right now, but I think that the trajectory that they're building her on means that they are going to push her to that level. And when they do get her to that level, it's going to mean a lot more. I just think people want instant gratification. You know what I mean? Sometimes people don't get the instant gratification. You have to, uh, 
you have to fucking wait it out. You know what I mean? And 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 now professional wrestling on 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 especially with the way they're doing it now, they're basically you know uh, they're basically like you know working the uh, working the social media audience too. So they'll do shit to get you know like Brandy Rhodes will say some shit, but she she clearly does that because she's supposed to be a heel on social media. Because they're all because on social media, whether you believe it or not, they're all always playing characters, and it's it's more of a wrestler. It's more of this mentality. Like even though you might think it's a moral fucking thing to do, like the people in the, in, the, in the upper echelon, they don't fucking think about the morality. They think they they, they know that it's gonna get. They don't get a reaction. They know that it's gonna get fucking people to fucking talk shit, because now social media engagement, you make money on social media engagement. People don't realize that people are not on you know social media because it's fucking a way to pass up conversation. You know what I mean? There's a purpose for people being on social media. If you catch my drift, well, I, I just went like almost twenty minutes just fucking talking about like a momentous occasion. I went to all my conspiracies, but I guess that's you know the commentary you get from me that no one really listens to or no one really cares to listen to. I mean, maybe secretly you know take some notes on how I'm fucking you know improvising. But the thing is, is like, you know, uh, I mean, all in all, I mean, you wouldn't get it from my fucking previous rant about everything, but, you know, I guess what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is if maybe you forward it to this moment because, you know, I'm talking and I have dry mouth right now, I need to go get some fucking water before I start this fucking review, but to me, it's like, uh, you know, um, AW is now become, you know, the top dog in this fucking, in this fight. Like, they've now made a fucking name for themselves. Whether it's by design or not. It just... Sometimes it drives me crazy with how now the narrative is supposed to be... Like, I'm not mad at anti-WWE. I'm mad at the narratives of the anti-WWE. I'm... You know what I mean? I'm always gonna be... You know what I mean? Because to me, maybe because I don't see it that way. And, you know, purposely they amp it up. So, you know, it gets me worked up a little bit because... Because they, they, they know that with the cold, they have to go with a certain fucking narrative just now. To, see that, and that's what bothers me about the pro AEW shit. It's like, that just shows me they're willing to lie just to, like, defend their company now. You know? And, and you know, but, but, but the thing is, is like, you know, I, I, I like when it's just genuine happiness. Where no one's really arguing and we're all fucking celebrating something that happened that was fucking big. Like, bringing Daniel Bryan in, bringing Adam Cole in. Fucking even bringing Minoru Suzuki in, like the, like incredible and and Ruby and uh, Ruby Soho, or as Jr. put it, Ruby Riot because he you know messed up and they want him to be fired. Trust me, if, if Jim Ross was a minority, he would have been like you know people would have been you know uh, you know talking about it on their radio shows and all that kind of stuff, making it a part of their fucking routine to have market to basically cancel somebody without acting like they're canceling somebody. And, you know, to, to to me, it's like, you know, like, you know, I personally think Busted Open, like, you know, d- d- these companies hire their mercenaries to do their dirty work for them, right? So then with the Colson, they have no choice by, because, of, because of the complaints. So when I see, like, Busted Open, like, you know, advocating for that writer to be fired, right? It's like, okay, cool. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, Jim Ross makes a mistake. Everybody will forgive it. But like anyone else, you you've been you you're clowning the fucking brown commentator for so fucking long, and and the funny thing is like I I I think I would I think I would appreciate it if like you know so many people who commentate on wrestling would just self admittedly just say you're fucking racist, 
and, you know, pretend, you know, start pretending like you're not, um, you know, and then train everyone else to intellectualize their racism, and you, and you know what you're doing with that. So, so sometimes, you know, it just, it just, you know, it just, it just feels like, you know, there's always going to be fucking problems, even if, like, you know, there's goodness happening. Like, right now, yeah, I'm feeling the buzz, but I really hope people just don't just fly off of the buzz. Because, you know, the, 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 this could have been happening, like, for 10 years already. Like, TNA could have done this, what AEW is doing. But, you know, I, I mean, people can blame Jeff Jarrett, and, you know, he, he's probably a good blame to it. But I always believe that, you know, uh, WWE in some on some level was kind of either sabotaging it or on some, like, level they had their hands in it because they had, like, a lot of their fucking guys that were there. I still think they sent Hogan and Bischoff to, like, kind of officially kill it a little bit, kill their momentum that was the, that they were gaining and all that kind of stuff. Even though I think it's mostly all the work, but I wonder if when, like, Vince McMahon has to answer for his crime to, you know, humanity that it will finally be admitted that, you know, they purposely killed WCW, they purposely killed TNA, and try to, and, and now the narrative is they're trying to kill the AEW, even though AEW is supposed to be being, it's being passed the torch. And, and, and September 5th, 2021, that probably solidified the torch that's being fucking passed to uh, AEW. So much so that if, if, if WWE is selling the company, I guarantee I can bet you like the whoever like the new owners are, it'll give you carte blanche now to kind of keep it alive, but at the same time you know be be open to the fact that maybe down the line in a couple of years, you're gonna see you know a WWE versus AEW invasion or something like that. I get, people don't think that's happening, but they've been building stories. They're they're building to a Roman Reigns and CM Punk down the line, in my personal opinion. Like, whether... And you can't tell me that, oh, this is never going to fucking happen. Did you ever think that 10 years ago, what we're seeing fucking today was going to fucking happen? Or, or no? Like, I'm sorry. Those those rules get thrown out the window now by denying any... Because we're not living in the reality anymore. We're living in a, in a world where the most crazy shit has been happening for the past fucking decade in professional wrestling. You know what I mean? So you can't tell me that the, 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 there's no chance... Of something like this fucking happening, you know, maybe it'll make up for the, you know, maybe because we're in the era where we're making up for fucking past shit. Maybe this represents that we're gonna fucking, you know, be, um, we're gonna be, um, like redo, like redoing it, but in a, in a more modern way. Like CM Punk probably got heat for saying that to hit to him that this is bigger than fucking, uh, like the whole WCW WWE thing. And and you know what it it, it seems ridiculous because of uh, it seems ridiculous because of ratings and all that kind of stuff. It's like you know what I mean like like wrestling isn't like you know as cultivated into the fucking pop culture as it was in the nineties. But to me, I think this is building to something that's gonna become fucking big, on some fucking massive fucking level. I mean, and you know, again, you don't have to believe what I fucking say. I've been wrong a lot of the fucking times. My theories are all over the fucking place, but. You know, I, I, I always had a, I, I always had a, like, I always knew what direction it was going. So they just fucking, uh, my mistake was trying to specify how they're going to get there. 
but the past was always going to be there with, you know, it, it, it seemed in that WWE was probably, I thought, you know, throughout the years, that it would probably, I thought maybe TNA and ROH would get bigger somehow because they would make a big signing before AEW was even in the picture. But once AEW kind of came in the picture, at first I didn't take it seriously because, again, I heard about a, a whole bunch of promotions that were going on. So I was like, yeah, this is not going to fucking work out. Whatever, right? But then I then and then I as I realized it was like, oh, these guys are gonna go make a new American promotion, and then they're gonna eventually kind of overtake WWE because now they're dying. You know, I always thought the change was gonna happen within WWE. Just I always thought Vince McMahon would have to kind of get out of power for that to happen, because officially. Vince McMahon is, like, sabotaging his own shit, so you can't really have Vince McMahon, you know, in, uh, you can't really have Vince McMahon in, uh, in this, in, you know, in, in this uh, position where he actually knows what he's doing. You have to make it seem like he's out of touch, he doesn't know what the fuck to do and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? But he, like, I'm, I'm just not putting him over, it just, it, I just think when we, 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 we deny that, it, it essentially just, you know, downplays what some of these elite people fucking do. You know what I mean? I think it, it, it downplays, like, like the power. You know what I mean? You want to fucking make it seem like they're a nobody celebrity that's out of touch. You know what I mean? And, I, and, and that, to me, is an even bigger mistake because people think that my, oh, my God, saying that Vince McMahon has this wherewithal to know where the fucking, where the direction is fucking going in the fucking, you know, in, you know industry and all that, that I'm suddenly, like, praising the fucking guy because I know what fucking higher-up people what their fucking power capability is. And that's how I fucking feel about that. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean... I mean, there's plenty of shit to call out Vince McMahon, but, that, but that's the, 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 the brilliance. Because Daniel Bryan was complimentary to the, towards the guy. And you think Daniel Bryan is a socially conscious guy. Why would Daniel Bryan have to be cordial with someone who's a capitalistic monster? Right? So then that's where, that's where the duality comes in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, the, the negative and the fucking evil will, uh, you know, will outweigh the people morally. But people get blinded by that fact. And, you know, they only focus on, like, the really pretentious one-offs of, you know, of good shit they've done on the surface, at least. You know, and then that's the, and you know what I mean? And that's why everyone, like, kind of lives in duality, I think. You know what I mean? People, you know, you're, it's like, that's what I'm saying. The system is wrestling, man. Because, again, like, it's inconsistent. You're always asking women, well, isn't this guy supposed to be a heel? Isn't this guy supposed to be, you know, a, I thought he was supposed to be a baby face. Why are people still, well, why are people still cheering after he did that heel thing? Why are people still riding for R. Kelly? He's supposed to be a heel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like th that's what society is. And that's what, you know, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the fucking, you know, shit goes. I, I should start recapping. The thing is, I'm already on a kind of a roll, and I know that I'm, I'm going to get frustrated with, like, you know, mistakes that I've made. I'm not going to deliver it properly, you know what I mean? And then I'm going to, you know, I'm just not going to, you know, uh, I always fuck up regardless. That's, a, that's the whole basis of this podcast. Hansy fucks up, you know. But listen, man, I'm, I'm kind of fucking, you know, happier, uh, a little bit, uh, I shouldn't say happier, less shittier. I feel less shittier today. Um, because, you know, professional wrestling for the first time is fucking back. It feels like, you know, there's going to be some big fucking things happening. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to get, I think it's going to get fucking crazy. We're like in the multiverse era of, of professional wrestling now. Where now narratives are going to change 
people are gonna fucking there's gonna be bullet club warfare. There's gonna be some fucking you know massive. Uh, you know, there's gonna be some massive fucking you know. There's gonna be some really good shit happening. I think, cross promotion and all that. Everyone's gonna get involved on some level. Probably be there'll probably be super shows. There'll probably be some you know. I don't fucking know, man. It's just gonna get fucking crazy. All right, let me get to the review. You know, I'm mean, I'm just I'm kind of like on a I'm kind of on a fucking high with this shit right now. I'm I'm really am with uh, with with how AEW. I think this may have been one of the best pro- professional wrestling pay per views in a long fucking while. And I I know with uh, it, listen man, there's been a lot of fucking takeovers where I'm like yo, this is top to bottom one of the best professional wrestling shows I've seen. All right, and 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 you know, and so so I think what takes us to another level is that you already added a hot crowd, and then you also on the on the top on top of that you had brilliant surprises that were used very very well and all that kind of stuff, and you know what I mean, and now every you know what I mean, and it felt like a very very important fucking event. It felt like a really monumental mental one that people are going to be talking about for the and 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 it completely outdid last year's uh, monstrosity of All Out last year. I thought All Out last two thousand twenty was one of their worst shows they've done, in my personal opinion. There's some good stuff on it, right? Ever right, but to me, yeah, you know, it's uh. But to me, yeah, you know, the, the, this is definitely one of the. Like I want to go watch it again. I think I might watch it that again over watching Monday Night Raw tonight. I I I I don't know how I'm gonna watch Monday Night Raw. I have no fucking clue. I I really do not want to fucking watch this. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a wrestling fan, you know, and I I I do want to see some of the good stuff. But like, how do I go back from seeing this genuine fucking emotion? This genuine fucking, like, surprise after surprise of delivering and giving, like, you know, fans what they fucking actually want. And having, like, compelling fucking feuds that, you know, could, uh, they, you know, have, comp- com- they, they have compelling feuds where, you know, the, the, the mic work and the fucking credibility of the titles mean something. And then, you know, I, I gotta go fucking watch Drew McIntyre pull out a fucking sword. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna make fun of Drew, because Drew McIntyre, he's one of the guys that I, I go, that I would say, well, you should go out of your way to watch him, because at least, you know, he gives you some really, really fucking great performances. You know what I mean? Because last week, him and Priest had like one of like the best Raw matches, probably the year, probably, you know? It was probably one of the best matches they've had, you know, on, on Raw. That, that that triple threat they had last week. So now, to me, it, uh, you know, to me, it feels like, um, that, like, you know, so, so like, you have all these fucking, you know, elements of people who you want to watch. Like, you know, you, you know, you kind of like the RK Bro shit, even though it's too much comedy, you know, but there's, like, nothing really, you know, SmackDown is where it's at to me, but it's, like, even, even that now, it it just it just feels like you know. Some of, other than like a couple of people, I mean, you can say about Raw too, but there's like a lot of talent on SmackDown that you can utilize. But they're like you know, it's always like the main, the you know, at least they focus on the women's shit a lot better. Like you know, what I mean, even the, like at least like the main women shit. You know, what I mean, like the other stuff is just like just completely horrible booking with them. But, like, you know, the main women... Like, the main feud of the women and the men, like, they really do focus on. And it feels like everything else 
is always kind of filler. While, like, in on Raw, they just give you, like, they, for, they force-feed all, like, the really bad shit down your throat. Like, that becomes way more prominent. Like, if, if, if Raw, like, if, if, the, if what we saw, if we had, what we had on Raw was on SmackDown, two hours, like, you would barely see the Bliss or Eva Marie shit. Like, you would basically just see them in, like, backstage segments for, like, ten seconds on some weeks. You wouldn't really, like, see, like, a lot of the st- like, stuff hammer fucking home, basically. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't see, like, all these, like, non-stop matches between Rhea, Charlotte, and uh, and Nikki. You know what I mean? So that's why I think on, on Raw it comes off a lot worse because they're amplifying the stuff that we don't really care for. And, 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 and like, now, like, you know what I mean? Like, after such a pay-per-view high from AEW, like, you know what I mean? You want your wrestling fix, and, like, now you got to settle for Raw. Like, it feels like 96 all over again. Like, it's just like, except now we're all Canada, you know what I mean? We're all Canada, this, you know. Because, like, in, in Canada, like, you know, I was compared to uh, when, I, when the Hogan fucking heel turn happened. I fucking, you know, was like, oh, my God, I got to watch Nitro. But we don't get Nitro in Canada live. We get it on Saturday. And it's only one hour we get of it. I got to see, I got to wait for that fallout from that shit. And uh, and then you know and then uh, and then I I had to settle for fucking Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson versus the Smoking Guns, on a taped edition of Raw that I read on the internet, in '96 already. So I knew what the results were, but I had to watch that instead of fa- watching a fallout of what happened on in, in Bash of the Beach. You know, so now it feels like we're all Canadians in '96. I think I'm. I think I'm going to repeat this line when I read my thing. I, th- I think I may have mentioned this. You know, what I mean, so I, 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 it's going to sound really bad. I'm. I'm going to warn you right now. So I mean, if if you just don't want to hear me ramble on and struggle to read, I mean that is funny in itself. Hearing me fucking struggle to do anything, but you know, you can just skip the review. Basically, I'll probably repeat the same fucking jokes. Um, you know, because I have I have no originality, and I got to get it out, even though it doesn't come out properly, and then you know I, I lose my mind completely. But yeah, so the, I mean, I mean, listen, man. I it just it feels like a fucking special day in wrestling. It feels like there's less arguing, even like the WWE shows cannot come up with something that's good. So they had to pull out the, the like the WWE shows. Like it's not that I don't want diversity. I think there should be diversity. I, I definitely do. like you know what I mean. There needs to be a discussion about it. Whether AWP shows don't want to fucking cop to that shit. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you could have, like you, like the Danny Garcia spot. You could have given to like somebody who was hot on the Indies that's black. Like you could have easily given that spot to somebody, but like you know what I mean? Like you keep justifying why other white dudes need to be pushed all the time. And I, and and I'm not trying to say that like, there aren't talented or anything. I'm just saying that if you don't think that you know some like someone who's black isn't good enough to be in in the spot that they gave some like 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 I'm not saying that someone can't be a fucking jobber, but like look at how they're doing Danny Garcia. He's a jobber, but he's basically bringing it on himself because he keeps going after the top guys when he could just be building himself up. But he's going after the top guys all the time. You know what I mean? So like you know what I mean? So even though he's kind of gonna be jobbing with. Two 
2.0. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the their stature is, like, on the level of Rene Goulet and fucking Iron Mike Sharp and all that kind of stuff, where you know they're going to lose, but now they kind of have credibility. Like, you could do that. You could put any any, any fucking talent who's a, who's a minority in, in some of these spots, and they'll probably you know, do do well with them. You know what I mean? But, but people, you know, don't want... But, but the WWE shills are bringing it up. They somehow just after like you know everything is said and done, that that would that would be the only thing they bring up. But then the thing is, the reason I don't take it seriously from certain people who show for WWE is because they threw ACH under the bus, and and I, and I'm sorry, I'm, so, I'm going to keep bringing that one up because I know people are are not going to live that one up. But people fucking actually blame people who complained um, who are on his side. For, for the reason why he's blacklisted or the, the reason why he got himself out of a job when it was the WWE that fucking shut him out. And that to me, and because he didn't complain about racism the right fucking way to a lot of these people, because you got to complain in a nice fucking way. If you don't complain in a pretty nice message and it, it doesn't come across well, comes across aggressive, then all of a, all of a sudden then you're the problem. You're, you're the problem. So to me, when people who oh, who help throw him under the bus and help someone get fucking blacklisted on a bigger level on something, when, so, when we could have blown the roof off the fucking off WWE for... Um, what what kind of fucked up shit they do? But they had to make it seem like it was a mistake for that shirt. They did it on purpose, in my personal opinion. They and they have a history of doing that kind of stuff. People used to complain about the Kofi Kingston shirt back in the day, and I, and that <coughs> I remember specifically. I never used to look at design of shirts, and I never knew like the symbolism of like, like blackface being done and all that. Like, you know, because again, it was so used. Like it was so used. I was so used to seeing it within comedy circles, all through fucking comedy, and no one would really make a big deal. So you're like, okay, I guess this is normal. But I remember like this one guy from uh, Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast, uh, Travis Bryant. He was complaining about the Kofi shirt, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with the Kofi shirt? And I think, like, you know, because, again, whenever, like, someone, like, kind of asks, you know, what happens, sometimes you might be like, oh, this is going to be a racist asshole who's going to deny racism exists. But, no, he just showed me the fucking, you know, the, the, the image. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, now I can... Because he compared what, what what it was. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, okay. So then, you know what I mean? So, like, so I'm like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up that they would do that, whatever, right? So they do have a history of doing those kind of fucking things. It, it, whether people want to believe that or not, you know what I mean. So you know what I mean. So when so when ACH complained about it, because he did he had, because again he you know did it irrationally and went off on people, you know. So like so you can't really talk about diversity when you know there needs to be a diversity in fucking the thinking. Um, you know what I mean. You can't just have, um, you know, minorities just for the sake of just having minorities out there. Because again, that's just limited stuff. I'm not saying that it's, it doesn't do it. Like it doesn't have any effect. Like there should definitely be more widespread fucking talent. And people who say they're not good enough or something like that—that's bullshit. Because there's a lot of people that we, a lot of people who are white that fucking get the benefit of the fucking doubt, uh, regardless. And yet, when it comes to like a minority fucking talent, specifically black people, they will you know find every excuse in the book why it won't work. And why it, it 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 it's not gonna work? Why uh, being woke is so fucking horrible? No, being fake woke is horrible. Being woke is actually dope. You know what I mean? You 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 actually need that power balance in the fucking storylines as well. 
Because, you know what I mean? Because let's be, let's be real, that wrestling's always kind of been uh, uh, a reflection of what society is. You need those kind of fucking characters and those kind of discussion. And maybe on a grand level, there is, uh, maybe on a grand level, there is, um, you know, um, maybe on a grand level, there is um, a discussion to be had because social media is now becoming part of the storyline. So maybe a lot of this discussion is meant to be a fucking storyline. Maybe eventually there'll be, you know, a, a movement within wrestling where, you know, there'll be, like, a, not, not like a new nation, but, like, people who, you know, want black empowerment or, you know, or have a diverse empowerment in general or whatever, right? But, like, you know, I, I, I again, you know, that's why I didn't want, like, you know, a New Day to be that. Cause I didn't want them to be bad guys. Because I'm, like, in 2014, 2015... I, I'm supposed to be booing, like, a bunch of black guys who maybe are talking about a racist system. You know what I mean? It could be one of those things where they eventually just turn good guys, but, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't want them to be bad guys. I wanted that, I wanted that to be a, be a good thing, a good guy thing, but I maybe in retrospect, maybe it could have been, like, one of those things where, you know, it have to start out as a bad guy thing because most of the wrestling fucking audience is racist anyways, right? So, of course, to them, it would be, like, a, they would be the heels. But, you know, um, but, you know, just like Muhammad Hassan, you know, who's making good points, and then, you know, they made him a heel, and then they made him a terrorist. You know, so, to me, I don't know. I just think that, you know, it's a beautiful thing what's happening with AEW, but at the same time, it's like, I hope people just don't just get just remain this high where we can't fucking criticize them or we can't bring up fucking issues because you know because 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 there, there there does need to be a fucking discussion about about the diversity and thinking whether people want to hold off on that because AEW is this new toy that it, it it doesn't fuck it doesn't fucking matter you 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 need to have the fucking a real conversation not just some limited conversation you need to have a real conversation whether people want to fuck i know aw is on this high so now people are going to be defensive over it and they'll defend every bonehead fucking thing to go oh well uh this person confirms my bias so i'm gonna like you know um say that he's the be all end all of this whole fucking conversation when you should be listening to a lot of people who have valid fucking complaints you know what I mean? Like, you should listen. It's because people, it, it might get annoying, but people should, like, you know what I mean? It, I, I'd rather, I, I, I'm more annoyed with the racist system than I'm annoyed with, with people who complain about uh, a racist system. And if you find yourself being more annoyed by uh, people who are complaining about a racist system, then, you know, then you, you might be a dipshit to me. You know? And I used to be one of those dip. I used to be one of those dipshits as well, so... I used to buy into the propaganda. That's why I'm so fucking, you know, like, you know what I mean? Especially with, because, like, you know, because in mainstream, it's always kind of like, you know, like, when, when like, even though, like, you know, every every group is so separate, right? There's always, because black people's problems have, because, because they haven't really solved, like, on a massive level, their problems, right? So people just think, people get the, get the impression, right? People who don't have a understanding of systemic racism, We'll just look at look at it, and it's by design. It comes off like, oh look, they're always complaining about something. Nothing's ever good enough, you know what I mean? And and and, and by design, like you you're making it seem like they're like they're letting you hear their view, but it's also kind of by design to make it seem like they're the ones being intimidating because they're demanding more from a racist system, 
then you know what I mean? So you make you make it seem like the people who are complaining are the ones and then you make it seem like they're the ones who are running the show and all that kind of stuff. Like they're they they're being the ones who are the the, the biggest bullies. So and, 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 and being someone who's felt for that, even towards my own people as well. Like, you know what I mean? So sometimes that shit gets scary and I can see a whole bunch of people now in you know, in this era being re you know, being indoctrinated back into that kind of mentality. And it gets scary to me. When we should be better, we should be striving for talking about more diversity and having layered fucking thing. Not just, oh, look, I hired a black person. I hired a brown person. I hired a gay person. More like, you know, what to call like the, like there's going to be a layer to what's going on with, with these characters and how they can use like, you know, in a, in a more organic way, their identity within a fucking pro within the within the, within the fucking storyline and also kind of bring out uh bring up some of the racist elements in professional wrestling like to we need a character who's going to who's going to actually analyze the fucking history of professional wrestling you know to kind of make his fucking point but see again they don't want those kind of fucking characters they just want people who are just you know a minority to just be in the fucking thing and just be that like you know what I mean? Like you, like there needs to be a fucking storyline where you, where like a lot of the, a lot of the politics need to come into fucking play. You make a work, you you make a work out of every other fucking shoot shoot in the fucking world. You wouldn't do this to fucking maybe make the make the fucking product actually more diverse in the fucking thinking that we have, rather than just having limited fucking people on the surface to go. Oh look, we 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 mark we marked we we checked checked every every mark. For for what what identity we need to hire under, you know what I mean? Like you need to have those fucking stories. You need to have heels that are racist and misogynist and homophobic. But you also need baby faces that are gonna fucking be, uh, you know, baby faces that are gonna be, you know, actual baby faces who actually can like you know like an actual leftist fucking baby face. Like, who will fucking, you know, go to the lengths that a heel would go, but, you know, but do it for the sake of fucking good and all that kind of stuff. And actually have fucking good dialogue to use to, uh, you know, shut down fucking stuff like that. You you, you kind of need that kind of stuff uh, to, like, you know, really, really hammer home. People just want the edgy stuff. People just want the heel heat. People don't want the baby face to actually dis- dissect the fucking heels, uh, you know, shit. Damn, this is like almost an hour of talking before I get to my fucking review. But, you know, I don't have much news to talk about, so it won't be a five-hour fucking podcast. I'm going to try to get it done as possible, you know what I mean? And I'll sprinkle some other thoughts into there, probably. But I just wanted to at least give you a good hour of, like, unfiltered thoughts. And you might enjoy this more than the actual review itself, because I suck at reviews. But, you know, I just feel I have to recap shit now, you know, since I want to cover, you know... A little bit of the wrestling shit, so. Anyway, so enjoy the review coming, you know, coming out, all right?
Okay, so, um, 10 man tag to open the fucking show. It was pretty decent. It was a Hardy Family Office, a private party, the Hybrid 2, and Matt Hardy versus, um, Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, Chucky T, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. It was a fine match, man. You know, Hardy starts off with, uh, Chuck. Then Wheeler keeps pushing them and asking for OC. No, he no. Hardy starts with uh, with with Chuck, then Wheeler, and then uh, and then and, and keeps pushing them um, back into the corner to ask for you know Orange Cassidy, but then when Orange Cassidy teases it, Lucha Soros answers it, and then Matt Hardy tags in Jack Evans. Those and then you know Lucha Soros throws him around. Jungle Boy jumps on off his shoulders onto Evans. Jungle does this fancy arm drag where he leverages the ropes again. You know, Yuta and Cassidy mix it up. But then Quinn and him double-team offense, and Quinn does a springboard splash onto Yuta. There's a multi-man spot where they all have submissions on each other. Kind of look kind of... I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of indie, you know what I mean? It was kind of PWG, you know what I mean? And then uh, Lucha just runs into, runs into the pile and, to break it up. Uh, Luchasaurus takes um, taking care of the Hardy Family office one by one by doing a bunch of tosses into the air. He ends up giving Angelico... I call him Angelico. I, I know they pronounce it Angelico... Uh, um, uh, a choke them into a knee. Prior party and Hardy triple team Luchasaurus and throw him into the ring pose while they are celebrating. Orange Cassidy is giving them all half ass kicks. He uh, um, sends Hardy out. Prior party do a flat line onto the uh, on onto the onto the knees. Quinn does a senton off his partner's back. Chucky t- uh, Chucky uh, does a, di- a dive on the outside. Yuta gets a splash for a close call, but is broken up by Evans. They do a neck breaker back combination, drops him on Evans, sticking his foot up. Um, prior party gets a gin and juice on Yuta, Wheeler, you know, Cassie and Yellico face off with his um with his hands in his pocket, he does a Rana and then takes out the other members with his hands in his pockets. Hardy gets a twist of fate. Best friends take out prior party outside. Jungle gets a brain buster onto Cassidy. The hybrid two in Jurassic Express place their partners on their shoulders and Jungle and Evans are fighting it out. That's pretty fucking funny. Quinn misses a crossbody um, when Jungle leans back onto Lucha's shoulders. But then does kind of like a Spanish fly to Cassidy as he's crossbodying off onto him. You know what I mean? Um, by the way, fucking Mark Quinn, man. This guy, his hair, like, he dyed his hair into clown colors, man. It looked like, you know, it looked like if they were going to reboot fucking, uh, um, if they are going to reboot, um, 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 in Living Color, they need to bring back Homie the Clown. Like, this would have been, like, like a modern idea on how, where people would have just roasted it. Because, like, no, nah, dude, this is, this is way too much or whatever. You know, and then they, they brought the new Hamburg, the new Hamburglar, the new Hamburglar out. He looked like, kind of like, he looked like Cesaro undercover. Like, this guy's not a fat guy who's, like, robbing fucking people for burgers and shit. I don't know. Um... Uh, stunt, uh, and, and then uh, and, and then Marco Stunt was off Lucha's shoulders, and he he dives onto uh, he uh, dives on the onto Blade who tried to get involved. Lucha uh, Soros gets a roundhouse kick, and then Jungle gets a snap trap on Nelico. I think for I think I think I think for the win, yeah, this was the win. It was, it was an entertaining match, definitely not not better than the previous buy-in match, double nothing with Serena Deeb, and who did she face again? I forget who she fought again in that one. I think it was Rio, right? No, no, was it Rio? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was Rio. She fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a perfect fucking buy buy in match. That got people really invested, really. But no, this one was really, really good, man. This one was really good. Um, not much to fucking say. They, you know, and then um. 
Oh yeah, then the post angle with the Calder uh, butcher butcher randomly came back, which was kind of cool to see him back. And he he attacks Orange Cassidy, Hardy family offers are all holding him um, Orange Cassidy back while Hardy is talking shit. I think they're gonna cut his hair, and then a bunch of baby faces like Dante and some of the Dark Order members and the Varsity Blondes come out to make the save. At least this came across well. It just felt like a dope moment for the baby faces to do a group hug thing. It was a fun opener. I'm actually kind of relieved to see Butcher back, even though it'll probably not mean anything after like a couple of weeks. Just like sometimes when people are missing for a bit and then you come back, it actually feels pretty fucking good just for a bit. You know, it feels fun. And just for Babyface to make the kind of save, even though they're, all, they're like lower tier guys, it still has like some kind of hype to it. You know, I'll try to be positive during this because I'm trying to like block out the mentally ill thoughts and reducing myself to always becoming more, you know, more of a parody and more depressed and shit like that. Lambert was like talking. Lambert got in the press box and he was talking, and I couldn't keep up with everything. Yo, trying to keep up with live promos, you know, so I, I I rely on having to go back and reading it on a website to kind of help me uh, fill in the blanks of what to remember what like some of the main points were. You know what I mean? Sometimes they they might not have all the points that I remember also, and that's works out to its favor because sometimes you know I try to go for the subtleties that I enjoy in promos, kind of in a way. But sometimes just keeping up keeping up with it live is like not really fucking good but Lambert's in the press area and says that he has things to say he has a bunch of UFC fighters and men of the year Ethan Page says he's glad he reached out and everyone knows that they're handsome men everyone knows they like to talk trash and they have the gift of gab and everyone on the roster knows that men of the year are the most dangerous Scorpio says they had to step out of the comfort zone into the danger zone and uh, and Lambert says these, these men are just waiting for his instructions which which asks us to kick. And I, and, I, and I said here, I really hope one big ball breaks out in the pay-per-view, but I have to remind myself that I should not react to stuff as it's happening because if it does not come out to be true, then I look stupid already as stupid as I sound reading off a fucking review. And I'm sure this bit won't even fucking work like I'm doing something revolutionary. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I got into my own fucking thoughts. This is what happens sometimes when I'm, like, you know, trying to just kill thoughts when I'm watching a fucking pay-per-view and shit. And I'm trying to take notes, trying to get off Twitter just so I can kind of enjoy it more when I'm taking notes. I think that adds to my excitement to fucking pay-per-view. If I'm, if I'm doing well taking notes and I'm not making mistakes, you know, uh, you know, that's how boring my fucking life is. That's how pathetic I am, but, you know. Oh, yeah, by the way, he had Dos Santos and Ar- Ar- um, Arlovsky and Jorge Masvidal. They, they didn't get involved in the show, though, you know what I mean? They didn't, you know, just to clear it up, you know. That would have been cool if they did, though. But I'm hoping some. I'm hoping that this isn't just some throwaway angle. I hope this is something that they actually like make something that you know. Like I could see them targeting Darby, targeting fucking Orange Cassidy, or targeting like C and maybe having CM Punk and like Daniel Bryan kind of like you know help stick up for those guys as well. You know what I mean? You can do something really good with the whole American Top Team shit. You know how much fucking uh, you, you know how much fucking ammo Dan Lambert will have on CM Punk. Like you know how much you know like you know how, you, you know how much fucking ammo he would have on CM Punk for the the UFC because because yo you, you know someone's gonna bring up the UFC stint you know what I mean like it feels like that's one of those things that exist you know you, you everyone has to have a loss in real life like you know. 
take an L. And it feels like, you know, CM Punk is always planning to take those L's in UFC. Because I do believe those fights are fucking scripted. I'm not going to tell you. know, I don't care what anyone fucking says on some level. But, but, but you know, but, but so that was, like, designed to, like, also make money. But at the same time, when CM Punk was going to come back to wrestling, you know, that's going to be a topic of, of shit that they're going to put on against him. You know what I mean? That, that's going to create some interesting dialogue. And I can see, like, Dan Lambert kind of doing that to CM Punk and then CM Punk firing back with, like, some good fucking promo shit, you know, um, anyways, the pay-per-view started, my Fight TV app was fucking, you know, shitting the fucking bed, I thought someone hacked my smart TV, you know, so Kingston and Miro started off, um, they were uh, teasing each other to start off. They, you know, they, they fought. Kingston already has a redeem these nut shirt on, so that's fucking awesome. Kingston goes for a suplex, but Miro escapes to the outside. Kingston teases to do some jujitsu, but pokes him in the eyes. Chops does a exploder. Fans are chanting for Eddie. He was over as fuck, man. Miro gets offense outside after Kingston was in hot pursuit of him and thrown into a barricade a couple times. Kingston then just fires back with a big boot from the barricade. Like, he bounced off to do that. Miro catches Kingston, who runs uh, who runs and jumps off the apron for a power slam, then rams him into the ring post. He brings him inside, bites his finger. They start striking back and forth during the portion during the portion interview. The hackers were fucking with my smart TV. You know, um... Kingston fights off a choke. Miro gets chopped, but does a vertical leap. Poses to the crowd. Kingston is worn out. And he tries to chop as much as he can, but Miro misses a third avalanche, which gave Kingston a chance to do a jumping into Guri. Miro cuts off a dive onto the outside, but Kingston gets a Sayedo suplex. They strike back and forth, and Kingston gets a couple of back suplexes. They're actually telling a good story in this match. I, I really, I really actually dug what they're doing. Kingston does a dive, dive striking Miro with an elbow. He does a, another suplex variant. Um, Miro lures him into the corner and strikes his lower back, but Miro gets a German. Kingston gets up like he's not at all all there and wants to you know fight and Miro just hits a thrust kick then applies the game over and when you think it's oh when you actually think the game is over Kingston gets to the rope to a big ovation uh I go this guy is fucking over he should have you know he, sh- he should be their sandman Kingston gets him with the with the with a back fist and then a DT for a close two count the fans are are into like every close call when this is happening you know what I mean Kingston tries to get a pile driver but then rams him into the turnbuckle with the missing but see this is the part I missed Mr. the ref, the ref blocks and gets and then uh and then Miro then kicks uh, him in the nuts back kicks him and then hits a fucking kick to the face for the win yeah so during the German spot Kingston grabbed the turnbuckle. Uh, the, the turnbuckle pad, and then so so, so Rem, Remsburg, you know, Bremsburg, Brian Remsburg, I think his name is right, was getting heat for this, but 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 this kind of gave, but this kind of gave the feud more legs because Kingston could have just won, or uh, but but uh, but um, you know, but no, he he could have just won, but you know, but but Miro, you know, actually is the one that you know won this, but there's more to the story. I mean, some people can say it's WWE ish. But to me, this actually kind of furthers the feud, and people are actually into this. People actually bought in, and and Brian Renberg did a good job by trying to block, you know, somebody from being fucking thrown into a turnbuckle with the with the missing, you know, what I mean, people, because again, the, the referee is actually doing his fucking job for the, you know, for the first time. Sometimes they overlook a lot, and when he does his job, look, people start fucking booing him because normally you're like, oh, you just just let that shit go, basically, you know what I mean? Um. 
but you know, Kingston sold as well, where he had a where he where he had fight in him, but but it was went way over in his head because he, he underestimated Miro. But this is but this is fucking great. Another reason why Miro is the best champion in this company. But I really hope they get this feud uh, going because there's so much more you can do now. It gives Miro more justification to believe in what what in in his god basically. After the shit that Kingston talked, there's so much you can do with it afterwards. But they'll probably just. I I mean I'm 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 hoping that they don't just move on and stop it here. I think uh, it would be a big mistake. It's funny that Kingston said redeem these nuts, and then Miro ended up kicking him right there to get the job done. It feels like this feud could continue because it feels like it could be more personal. And Kingston has legit qualms to he can use. And this guy, you know, he's really fucking over. And this is not this could have been. This could not have been a better start out to the fucking card, basically, because Eddie had people like like seriously like rooting for him, like buying into the story of the neck being the weakness and giving you legit spots where you bought into them. That was really well done, and it 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 would be the it would be the theme of the night, basically, you know, f- you know, fo- following what's going on. It's probably one of the most fan satisfactory pay per views that I've seen in a long fucking time. You know, maybe since WrestleMania, I mean, WrestleMania three wasn't like the greatest pay per view. Uh, top to bottom, but like you know, people felt more satisfied with that fucking uh, thing than you know, like that. You know, what I mean, people always go back to that one as being one of the great WrestleManias, obviously WrestleMania seventeen. You know, so then we had Mox versus Kojima. I'm actually surprised they went with this super early because I knew him and Kojima would be having the same kind of match that Miro and Kingston would be having. Because, you know what I mean? It's just going to be guys striking back. You know, you know it, was, it was decent. But, you know what I mean? It, it just shows you that Moxley's not even in the main event picture. And he still has, like, me, like everything that he does. It doesn't feel like he's, like, oh, like, he's off the fucking main event picture. So now he's just doing fucking comedy fucking segments with, with, with like, you know, Orange. Even if he was doing with, with the Orange Cassidy, he's probably done a lot better than what they would do in WWE. But he still, like, has importance to him. You know what I mean? Because people are so trained to think that if you're not in a title picture, that means you're not doing anything important at all. And I think, like, you know what I mean? Sometimes a lot of the bigger feuds back in the day weren't always title feuds, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't always, like, title feuds. They're also, you know, they're also fucking, you know, like, Sh- Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H, I'm not saying that was the most legendary feud, but in 2004, like, you know, th- their feud really wasn't even for the belt in, in, in the latter part of it, you know what I mean? Like, it was more about... um Ben Wall was the champion then, whatever, right? But the thing is, like, afterwards, like, they still continued a feud. And it wasn't, like, you know what I mean? It was still an important feud, but, like, it wasn't like they were reduced to fucking comedy. You could make that argument in 2006, Triple H basically went down to the comedy route in, you know, after his, uh, after his, like, you know, his, uh, after he lost to John Cena, he basically went to, him and Shawn Michaels basically did comedy for, like, the next fucking six months, you know what I mean? So, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's one example of somebody going to fucking comedy. You know what I mean? Like, not really doing anything that important. Like, oh, my God, they're fitting with the Spirit Squad and Vince McMahon again. Like, this is not, like, top-billing shit that you really want to see. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, that would be what Moxley would probably be doing if he had, like, a legit main event run in WWE. You know what I mean? He was back to, like, doing doing nonsensical feuds with Baron Corbin after he lost the fucking title. Where they were on the fucking pre-show. They weren't even on the fucking main card. And the build was so fucking horrible. Trying to buy time. Because I know my thoughts are so brief, so I'm adding extra comment. I'm trying, trying, I'm trying to now figure out a way how to do independent, you know, 
inter- improvised thought while also trying to read it. I don't, I don't, don't just read from a script and feel like, oh shit, I'm not fucking, you know, staying loyal to all my fucking thoughts and all that shit. But, um, Mox is out of the crowd with, you know, uh, a, G- a GCW sweater. I wish he'd come up with the with the, with the title. That would have fucking been awesome. But since Tony's such a cool boss and everything, Kojima offers his hand, but Mox, uh, but Mo- uh, but Mox doesn't and, and chop then and chops them and they chop each other with vicious knee and doing vicious knee strikes. Then the you know, other knee strikes. Kojima does a nice shoulder block. Mox escapes the. the I kept saying the, 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 the is it the Koji Lariat or is it the Ko? People are saying Koji Lariat. So I thought it was just Koji because I'm like his name is Koji. You know. Kojima, right? So I'm, I'm assuming just be the Koji Lariat, but like I don't know. So excuse me, my my ignorance. Cause I haven't, I I didn't memorize all the move set for Kojima. You know what I mean? Like you know, what I, mean? I I fucking take it for granted. Cause other, other people other people cover that shit. Mox escapes the, the the Lariat. He he, but he but um but um I think he baseball slides Mox, and then they brawl outside for a bit. Mox kind of looks like he's doing a Russian leg sweep into the guardrail, but it kind of looked half-assed. Mox, Mox is working on the finger, stomping on it. He um, he, he's cl- he's clearly playing the healer, the the heel in this kind of shit. More vicious knees and chops from Mox. Uh, machine gun chops from Kojima to Mox. He, d- he does a running elbow and does an elbow drop to the top. Mox attempts a brain buster, but Kojima pl- um, play play uh you know. Turns it uh oh, hold on a second. Wait, wait, what did I say? Turns around and places them on the top, and then him and Mox bite each other's face back and forth. This is fucking disgusting. Then Mox gets superplexed off uh, off the fucking rope. I don't know why I had to put fucking there for some reason. I think I wanted to add some like you know uh, element of uh, of emotion. Just not 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 that I'm just recapping moves and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes in my head I get into that mind frame of what I'm going to be thinking because I'm, 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 I always figure I'm probably going to be fucking you know tired when I do it. Cause I normally do it in the morning before I sleep. And I just want to get it done just to say that I I did a fucking podcast even though like you know I'm doing horrible at it. You know what I mean? Um. Anyways. But people come, you know. That's why people. That's why, that's why people secretly listen for like the mess ups and all that. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot funnier when Hansy is like you know messing up on a on a simple fucking review, like you know what I mean? It's like just seeing like you know, someone not all there. You know, trying to fucking do something. You know, um. So yeah, Kojima DTs him on the on the apron. Mock gets a rear naked choke and then does a toss up power bomb. King, I always forget on the fly what it's called. But you know, because I, I I have to look I have to look it up later on sometimes. But sometimes when I'm doing the spirit of things and I can't remember the remember it at the time, I just fill it in. Sometimes I have to look for some of these moves to see what they are. You know what I mean? But Mox applies the arm breaker. Then when Kojima gets to the ropes, um, Kojima gets the brain buster. Commentators didn't appreciate that he didn't go for the cover right after the brain buster. Um, Mox counters the Koji Larry with the German. Um, Mox keeps doing lariats so that the Kojima won't go down. They both do him. No one goes down. Mox tries to go for a paradigm shift, but Kojima lariats him with the left, uh, um, with the, with the left, and then does the the Koji cutter. Conference focus on how lariat the left arm, but and not Kojima's strongest because he uses the right arm. They both strike back and forth. Uh, Mox rocks him with a lariat and then does a bulldog choke, and they keep striking with hands and knees and headbutts. Mox gets two paradigm shifts and then he wins. It was decent, not the greatest match, but it was definitely a cool victory for Mox, and he can probably get so much promo-wise off this victory because, you know, he kind of bows he bows to him, and then he's laying there, and now he's back to, I guess, being a face, 
And then all of a sudden, Minoru Suzuki comes out, man. This was fucking crazy. I swear to God, this was fucking crazy. And the fans are losing their shit. The commentators are, are putting this over huge. He comes down to face off with Mox. Huge holy shit chance. Suzuki takes off his jacket. And they start to talk shit to each other. And then they strike slowly. Like Mox, Mox battles before giving him one. And then they just trade back and forth. And they react like they're enjoying themselves from getting kicked and rocked. right. And then Suzuki applies a sleeper. And then does the gosh style pile driver. This was uh, dope. I, I, I kind of had, had it right. Someone would answer. But I expected Mox to come out on Dynamite. To cut a promo about it. And then it would happen. But, but this was fucking cool surprise. And it was kind of cool to see how much over uh, he like uh, Suzuki was with the crowd. I had a I had a feeling at some point Suzuki with the internet buzz was the internet buzz was so good that it it had to be inevitable that he would wrestle in the U S in a in, in like in a prominent in a prominent um, prom- promotion. Like I could have seriously seen him come down for a match or so in NXT since they let Jushin Luger Jushin Luger Jushin Luger. Juice and Liger. I fucking, I fucking mess up Juice and Luger. That would be fucking great. That would be a great gimmick that uh, Lex Luger could have fucking done, you know, to like, like, you know, if he was a bad guy and he was like trying to mock fucking, uh, like, you know, the luchadors and shit, he would have like done, you know, Juice and Luger or whatever. I don't know. It probably would have been something that Vince Russo came up with that we, we, we'd all fucking hate. That would all be on, like, it would, it would solidify itself on wrestle crap, basically. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but you know, I I could have seen him coming to you know because they, they did let Jushin Liger, uh, come and wrestle Tyler Breeze randomly, right? So like, I thought like you know like, something with that kind of craziness at a takeover, maybe you'd have like somebody come and wrestle. Like, you know, like, maybe you'd come in, uh, you know, because, again, Nakamura came in. No one really expected Nakamura to come in. And, you know, Suzuki was, like, kind of, like, always kind of... Oh, it, I knew he was, he would be over, like, be over when they did those shows. Did, didn't he come to one of some of those American shows in the U.S.? Or, you know, I mean, he's over, like, when he goes to Rev Pro and all that kind of stuff. So, like, there is, like, a fucking, you know, an audience, like, outside of Japan that would enjoy him. So I, I always thought that he would come, and I'm glad that he came to... Like AEW though, you know what I mean? Because this was this was fucking. I mean, like even if like the other surprises didn't pan out, like this would have been a high 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 thing on. Like I mean, obviously the other stuff overshadows, right? But this to me started off like a really cool moment, a, a really cool trajectory of the night. Like I was already fucking happy. Like I was already on, on, on a like, you know what I mean? Because again, even though they probably knew the match wasn't gonna be like the greatest match. Like, ever, whatever, because, like, you know, because Kojima's a little bit older now and all that. So they knew that they had to give you something, and they gave you something. And, and they're giving it away on, on Dynamite already. I guess they probably just want to get it out of the way or something. But, I, you know, I mean, that's, it's, it's cool, though, you know. Um, next was a really good match also. Britt um, Brit Baker versus Chris Statlander. Um, they lock up, do the stand and switch, a waist lock. Statlander attempts the spider... Crab Baker escapes. They both do their signature boops and DMD, you know, to like try and uh, uh, to try and and then and then they try to do some submission attempts. Um, they try to do some of their submission attempts. Baker gets the advantage shortly until she gets mule kicked by Statlander. Britt does the fisherman uh, fisherman neck breaker. Statlander um, is placed on the top. Orange Cassidy teases a confrontation with Rebel and Hater. Baker stomps stomps her head into the apron. Baker has a hold apply until Statlander uh, 
fires up and strikes strikes her more and and, and a running elbow strike uh, elbow strike and running knee baker hits a sling blaze statlander with inside falcon arrow baker does a roll through to a bridge to get a pinning combination hits a ddt and then a super kick goes for the glove and gets caught with a kick to the head um baker counters with a big counters a big bang theory with a pin baker flatlines her into the corner turnbuckle she charged they tee the, the superplex but statlander gets it she misses the 450 splash and gives brit the chance to for the lockjaw but settles for the crossface statlander rolls through and carries her on her shoulder and slams brit face first and then does the leg scissors not enough for the pin baker rolls to the outside statlander misses the pendulum moonsault and then um baker launches off the steps to do a curb stomp OC is, uh, and this is Orange Cassidy is fired up to tell her to get get up, which the crowd, which gets the crowd going. Statlander is going for the spider crab, uh, spider crab, but Brick kicks her in the face. Brick keeps stomping on her in the face, and now she does the Panama sunrise for a huge fucking reaction. They called it the Pittsburgh sunrise, but you know what I mean. But and St- Statlander still fucking kicks out, and then she do, uh, then she does a st- she does a stomp again and kicks out, applies a lock jaw. Statlander gives up. This was a great match. I wish it was more. I wish there was more hype to it, you know what I mean? Like, I wish there was more hype, but, like, you know, the reaction made it fucking, the environment made it fucking work, you know what I mean? But they did well. You actually thought Statlander was going to win, but it was cool to see, it was cool for Baker to have another definitive victory where it was a strong win to make her title reign look good. But 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 Britt felt like really like, like a big fucking star in this match, and Statlander didn't didn't look like anything less. She was great. She was a great opponent and really sold her ass off. And it was kind of cool to see Orange Cassidy really show emotion for her as well because he's never bothered, only bothered when he really cares. So it shows, and he he cares for her, and his victory because victory matters. So it's it's, it's kind of thing you keep like you keep this thing. You keep this thing going for a bit, and then eventually, like, th- there'll be, like, a little payoff for a character that makes you appreciate the build all through the existence of this promotion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we all expect Orange Cassidy to just play it cool. He, you know, he, he plays it cool. He's, he he always does that. Then when he needs to, t- like, you know, he then he talks when he cares about fucking, you know, climate change or something like that. And then this... Even though, like, he, he doesn't care about... He doesn't really care about how many wins and losses he has. Like, he knows that this win is important for his friend. So, he really starts caring for this match to get her going and all that. So, that was... That that was fucking cool. Like, you know what I mean? So, when you give, like, little... Little things for the character to, like... To, like, kind of, like... Like, you know... It's, it's like, it's like in, a, in a sitcom when a fucking character does something, like... That's so cool that it kind of re, re, re it kind of revigorates you know their you know the, the their you know their specialness because he just showed you something different and it, it, it and he showed it to you when it really when he really thought it fucking mattered I thought that was fucking cool as hell it, was, it added a lot that part added a lot to the match for me at least you know what I mean even though the match itself was fucking great and the and the Panama Sunrise was fucking amazing as well. Um... Andrade and Chavo cut a promo about the match on Dynamite with Pac. And he said, I think a Rampage, and he said uh, he's scared. And he's kind of, and, and they're kind of interested in the tag match. I couldn't understand Andrade. It was like it was too fast for me to keep up, especially with the Fight TV app fucking me up, because you know people are trying to hack my smart TV. But something about not canceling Pac's fight and the bastard is just scared, basically. There's a huge elaborate rapping entrance for Lucha Bros. Really felt like a big fucking deal. I dug that. The performers were Mielos de Gallo and Lucha Bros came out in the Aztec headdresses. So, like, yo, I, I, I'll, I'll get into what, eating my words after, you know what I mean? Dude, I, could, I gotta say, though, I could not keep up 
with this fucking mind, especially with the way that I fucking want to just type everything in, their fucking movements are the way, I, like, you know what I mean, like, I'm just telling you know right now that my fucking recap of this match is not going to do it justice, but this is probably one of my fucking favorite tag team matches that I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. This is probably one of the greatest fucking tag team matches that I've ever seen. And weird booking aside, you know what I mean? I'm still going to stand by my point that they, 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 didn't really, they didn't really build this up as well. You know what I mean? With, like, the, the WWE style fucking winning and all that kind of stuff. But this match, man, was fucking insane. So um, they strike each other back and forth. Penta assists Phoenix into a drop kick to the box onto, onto the cage. They both dosy dosy do for clothesline into the corner in the court like you know into the corners you can't even keep up this phoenix shoves nick off to the ropes into the cage nick and phoenix both do their tight rope arm drag but phoenix ends up doing a runner to nick jackson penta um does a flying headbutt and then the, the, then both brothers do the super kicks to the bucks I go, this match is hard to recap. They keep doing switch, switch offenses against other Bucks, and then finally both Lucha Bros crash into the cage on, on the opposite sides. Nick does the kick from the outside after Phoenix is catapulted, and then Nick stomps, stomps, on, stomps on him on while he's placed on Matt's knee. They get rid of Penta. Nick does a powerbomb to the uh, to the cage. Nick with a running kick to Penta, saying, say, saying it's his turn. Nick uh, is choking Phoenix with a chain. Matt Matt tries to power about feeding again, but gets run into the cage. Penta fires uh fires back uh, back on both of them with some offense with some offense kicks. Lucha Bros get super kicks. They both get variants of stunners and stun and cutters. Phoenix with a ro- rolling cutter on both of them, and Penta gets a uh I say something like a package pile driver or something to that effect. But this is like one of the hardest matches to keep. I have to reiterate. My words are not doing it justice, but the fans are like into this. Nick shoves Phoenix off the top rope for a finisher attempt. Nick back super superplexes Phoenix onto the apron. Uh, not the apron. Oh yeah, 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 on the apron. While Matt has a sharpshooter on Penta, and then even the 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 the, the rope break won't work. Nick does a senton while Matt holds up Penta. Phoenix gets super kicked, trying to springboard by both Bucks. They attempt the Meltzer driver, but it's more uh of drop kicking Penta and in, into into the pile driver position while he does a senton onto Phoenix. So I guess they did kind of get it, but I you know sometimes those kicks look a lot better than the 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 version where they're just kind of just. Like, you know, how he just does a flip and then does it down, kind of, you know, I, I, where he just kind of, like, ass, mildly assists the fucking pile driver where it doesn't really have any effect on it, you know what I mean? I, th- I think that drop-kicking it, it works better. Um, let me see where I was. Uh, he, they tease the BTE trigger, but Phoenix rolls through, and they bump knees, avoids the Meltzer driver, but then Matt kicks him in the dick, and then kicks Penta, and then, and then kicks Penta in the dick. Penta breaks up the pin, um... Um, for the more bang for your buck, Buck carries uh carry Phoenix and toss him face first into the cage. Cutler then does a wicked throw from like from the from the ramp area. Uh, he throws in a doctor's bag, which was pretty cool. Matt pulled out a thumbtack shoe on the um uh, pulled out a thumbtack shoe on the bottom of it. Um, Penta gets um in the way to protect his brother. Bucks are and Penta was bleeding fucking heavily in his face, man. Um, you know, Bucks are getting massive heat with asshole chance. Nick throws Penta, whose mask is stuck to the thumbtacks. Uh, Nick does a running boot. They super kick Phoenix with the tainted shoe. And then the BTE trigger to Penta. 
Phoenix breaks Phoenix breaks it up. Um, corkscrew kick uses a uses a tainted shoe and does some kind of driver for the near fall. Phoenix gets shoved off the rope onto the cage, um, but Nick and Phoenix both climb climb and then Penta and Matt give the uh, give them a packet package pile driver to each other. Uh, to each other's partner, to, to each other's partners. Matt and Penta are on the on, on the top rope, but Penta does a fucking destroyer. They're standing in a circle, chopping each other, and then they do super kick to each other between all four. They do them all again. You think Matt is the last one, but Phoenix gets back up and does one again. They all get back up and do them. This was the most insane part of the match. Phoenix and Matt counter each other, then Lucha Bros do the fear factor, but Nick breaks it up. Penta tells Phoenix to go to the top of the cage and attempt a fear factor from there, but Nick super kicks Penta, and then Nick climbs up, and then Penta just does his running kick from the on the cage, and, and he gets him down, then dives off the fucking ropes onto all of them, and then they do the assisted pile driver, assisted pile driver for a win. This is fucking insane, and I, I didn't do it justice. You gotta go out of your fucking way to watch this fucking match. I'm not fucking lying, man. Like, this was one of the fucking craziest matches I've ever seen. I'm willing to eat my word for this match. Maybe I should have given AEW the benefit of the doubt, but you can't convince me that they didn't fuck up the booking, but ultimately it doesn't matter, I guess, because the Lucha Bros won, and even though I said I would rather the Bucks lose it in a meaningful feud... That has been compelling this match over delivered, and it felt like another fucking legendary tag team match in this company. This was really insane. Probably the match of the night, and at, at this point of the show, and this and the show at this point was very fucking strong. It had me on the edge of my fucking seat. This was one of the best tag matches. Um, and it feels like they ran out of wrestling moves to be done. Like whenever you think that, you know, whenever you think the idea of spots is done, they use their they use their Illuminati microchip and their limitless pill, then they just go to town, man. I'm you know I'm such a, I'm just on a high of the pay per view at this point, but you know they're gonna they're gonna need to they're gonna need me to come down from from this high when the QT and Big Show match, are uh, you know. Are, are you know, going to happen? I, I I don't know if you can top this match. It was dope. If Penta and Phoenix are aligning with Andrade, then I can see them keeping the titles. But if they are going to remain with Pac, I can see the Bucks winning it back in the next pay-per-view or even, uh, you know, on, on a television special or something. I, I like that they won something finally because, they you know, they fucking deserve it. The celebration afterwards made for a good moment with Penta's family. And I know I'm being positive about the pay-per-view and it feels fucking weird about feeling good about a wrestling event but that they really you know that something actually really delivered sometimes I have to remember the booking I have to remember the booking to, I have to let the booking play out but this this tag match will be a tag match that we'll talk about for years to come just don't always overdo this match all the time maybe that is why I didn't care about it on paper because they will do insane matches but this victory felt more important I really hope there's a good follow up or for a good reign and good rivalries, you know what I mean? But the, but these two guys needed a championship sooner or later. I really thought they were just going to kill time until they created the trio's title so that they, they could just hold those titles and then just be the standard bearers of that division or something like that. You know, like, you know what I mean? So, But, the, but this match was fucking was insane, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Then we had a Casino Battle Royal. This is, this is always hard to kind of keep up with because I don't know if I should recap every single fucking move being done. I just try to keep up. I, I figure I, I got to keep up with the eliminations and that's a that's a good job done, basically. You know what I mean? Like the, like when you recap shit, like that's one of the things, like, you know what I mean? Like you you, you got to get like every single fucking move. I have to remember, that. I don't have to do every single fucking move. I'm not like, here to like recap a fucking like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get my fucking thoughts. And I sometimes I think that I, I go more overboard with trying to do the fucking specifics. You know what I mean? Other than uh, having something to talk about, you know. But the first uh, five, set of five, Sky Blue, Sheeta, 
Emi Sakura, Ali, and Abaddon, who was pretty over for the first first five clubs, five clubs into the women's battle royal. Sasakura and Shida do backbreakers on each other, then they do them on Ali and Sky. Then Abaddon talks them. Sky Blue gets cheered for going after Ali because she's a hometown hero, local talent. Abaddon eliminates her for big booze. Ali, people had a problem with that. I, I thought, listen, man, what they call like, okay, she could have done more, but sometimes you all, you, like, you do a good job of having moments for the hometown people that you can also balance them out with heel fucking tendency. You know, like, it, 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 if you keep building up good hometown stuff, then it only makes the, when they do it for heel heat a lot stronger, in my personal opinion. You know what I mean? Um, but then Ali eliminates Abaddon. Sakura puts Shida in the surfboard, and Ali just skips around like AJ Lee before stomping on them. So she's going back and forth with them. Emmy has control before the next set of people come out. So then Anna Jay comes out after Bunny um, and goes after Bunny. Kara Hogan's out next. She goes for Shida. Kylene King is also there. And then Diamante and then Nyla rolls for the diamond suit. Sakura is eliminated by Shida. Uh, Shida needs Diamante while Sakura's outside. That looks bad. N- Nyla eliminated Kira and King. Nyla avoids Arana and throws Sheeta outside. Diamante and, Ni- and uh, I put Nile. Diamante and Nile are working. Not Nyla are working on Anna Jay and Ali, but then turn on each other. Thunder Rosa's out with a shotgun drop kick to Nyla. Ford comes out. Rio comes out. Haters out. Then Swole is out. Rio did a tiger fake kick. Rio got underneath the rope, but they said that she got eliminated. You know what I mean? Swole does a diving headbutt into Diamante to eliminate her. But Hater eliminates her, and Swole and Diamante uh, continue to brawl to keep their feud going. That's pretty. That's a pretty good, solid thing to do. Four, four, when she entered, got a dope stunner on someone. Thunder Rosa is being chaired like she is. She does a vicious ch- drop kick to Nyla on the bottom, uh, the bottom rope. Then the next set of people come out. Ty comes out to brawl with Ali. Does her Ty Kyo. Uh, Velvet appear, Spears hater. This was fucking dope. Velvet was really good in this match. Layla Hurst um, uh, suplexed Ford and Alley is, is, is uh, and Ford and Alley and Dunton and then uh, Dunton Alley Rose. What? Oh, and then she gets thrown out by she, she gets eliminated by I think she was done, dead by another Rose. She was eliminated. I think if I'm not correct, I'm not sure. But if I put done to Nyla Rose, I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. Jade comes out, then Rebel comes out, then Jade drops Layla. So she's in there. So I guess... And then she, I'm trying to figure out what I was trying to say here. Done to Nyla Rose. What was she trying to do? Alright, this is the type of stuff that fucking kills my fucking thoughts later on. Because now I'm going to be fucking pissed off about this for like another fucking hour. But anyways, Jade drops Layla, then Target Thunder. They're all kind of scattered at this point. Tay bridges up and strikes Ford, who's trying to eliminate her. Velvet, basement drop kicks Rebel out of the ring. Anna eliminates Ali with a super kick on the apron. Ford kicks Anna off the apron, and Tay goes for revenge on Ford. Jade uh, throws Layla into the other... um, Into the... uh, the other woman eliminated. Um, you know, she, yeah, so she she dumps on the other women that got eliminated. They are all brawling, and still the Joker is revealed, and the Joker is revealed, and it's Ruby Soho who gets a amazing reaction. It's cool to see her probably get more recognition in this company than the WWE. Her and Jade are trading shots with each other. Um, she gets a super kick onto her. She floats around, being thrown by Nyla, but then just strikes st- strikes her over and over. Thunder Thunder Rosa uh, uses Ruby. Uh, did they say Ruby? Who's was it? Ruby? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Sorry. I I totally forgot already that you know. 
I, I totally just forgot already that Ruby Soho's in it, and I, I just wondering, I was, I was wondering if I was, if I meant to say Rebel here for some, for some reason. Thunder uses Rebel to step up uh, and run on Nyla. Thunder and Ruby double team Jade, and but she fights them off. She gives Ruby a pump handle face buster. Jade throws Hater outside. Tay pump kicks Ford, and Ford heel kicks her. Jade throws Red Velvet outside while she's posing. Nyla eliminates her. So I guess we found her next feud basically, because they kind of made a fucking pact before too, right? Thunder and R- Ruby uh, um, double team to eliminate Nyla. Tay eliminates Ford. Nyla eliminates. Uh, Sorry, sorry, not Nyla eliminates, uh, I thought, uh, I thought, uh, Nyla, I think this happened before, basically, I'm not sure, Nyla eliminates, cause, cause I'm, dude, keeping up with this stuff was fucking the hardest thing, but basically the final two were, the final three, so they didn't eliminate Nyla, sorry, they, they tried to double team to eliminate Nyla, I think I, I implied that they eliminated her, but they tried to double team to to eliminate her. Tay eliminates Ford, then Nyla eliminates Tay. The final three are Thunder, Nyla, and, and I keep putting Nyla <laughs> and Ruby. And then, uh, you know, um, Nyla fights both of them off, does power move. She gets a Samoan drop. She she has Ruby in the trio vote. Thunder eventually eliminates Nyla, and then final two are Ruby and Thunder. They both kind of do chopping back and forth. It's kind of lackluster compared to Suzuki and Mox earlier. They keep running the rows by the other other runs with them to get them with a strike. Thunder um, tries to do the Benoit Big Show to get Ruby over the rope. So they're uh, knee striking each other, doing teases of elimination while they're both on the apron. Thunder gets a fireman's carry, but it's rammed into the turnbuckles. Then Ruby does an integrity kick to her or something like that, and Thunder just drops and Ruby wins. I thought this was fine. I like I like that instead of all five people coming down at once, what one comes out uh, and doesn't move to get get you going because the fir- for the first year or so they did these did these battle royals for men and women it would be awkward because they just like all five come out together you know what I mean like you know what I mean but they managed to keep that interesting so I thought it was d- d- there was some d- good spots definitely the right the, the, the right match to calm the audience down but people were still into it I thought everyone shined for what they did you got you got some you st- you still got some feuds out of this by some of the eliminations you know what I mean Jade and Nyla should have a fucking good feud if they get television time but I would have done Thunder Rosa it was cool to see her, um, see Ruby back into the fold hopefully this isn't just a television match or maybe it will be and, and you will have Thunder Rosa be the title contender for full gear but god forbid they have you know someone win something in advance and actually build it to the next pay-per-view but we'll probably get it that in two weeks two weeks notice it'll probably be a good it, it was a good battle royal like, these are never really something that pick up towards the end anyways but I'll give AEW credit for keeping it keeping it exciting throughout and I'm glad this was one of the main paper, the main pay-per-view not to buy it I really hope they follow through with some of the feuds you could start because I think Nyla and Jade could actually have a dope feud and you could give Jade some more substance other than just having glorified squashes I'm not mad that Ruby won, uh, but the president that AEW has set when the surprise in these battle royals are, are revealed, we always assume them to win, but they never do. So I just figured it was just a home run for Thunder to win this. But I doubt they'll wait until the pay-per-view for this shit to challenge for it. It can be done. I, I can see it being done in the, on the New York show if you want to you know, hype stuff up for that show, basically. Um, and, and because they'll probably stack that shit up for, you know, for a big fucking rating. Uh, okay, so the next match is uh, MJF versus fucking Jericho. This was fucking great. 
we had a countdown clock of Jericho's entrance when he debuted in WWE. You think we are, he was going to do something legendary and be completely nostalgic. But it ends up just showing Jericho's last match as a reveal and MJF theme hit. Which was fucking, you know, was fucking great. And it's not... And then it got some good heat. It felt like a big deal. MJF was wearing this really fancy robe and getting in fans' faces. Like, he's really embraced this fucking heel shit. You know what I mean? Jericho has this live guitar playing for the theme while the fans are singing. And I'm thinking at this moment that if this is, like, his last match, they definitely wouldn't have had this guitar being played for his last entrance. They would have made it more and more fucking epic. You know what I mean? Because it, maybe it came across well live, but on television, to me, it didn't come across live at, uh, uh, well at all. I mean, not as much as it could be. MGF escapes the ring when they're trying to get it started so he can rip signs from the crowd. MGF has a big fight feel kind of wrestler. This has been like this feud, and this this has been a feud built over the last year. You know what I mean? And they're trying to do clotheslines with no one selling, but Jericho shoulder blocks them viciously, and they do a drop kick. Then MGF does a does a dope kip up. Jericho uh, trips his leg after catching the other and tries to go for the walls, but. MGF drops them, they fight outside for a bit, they brawl to the crowd to give it up a bit. Jericho threw some metal object. I, I think Pollock mentioned it yesterday on, on, on the post-wrestling review. He called it a stanchion. I had no idea what it was called, but that looked fucking dangerous. I don't know why you would fucking want to, you know, you know, why you want to risk that, but he kind of did hit him with it. Unless it was a gimmick, maybe. I don't know. MGF catches his baseball slide by get, um, getting Jericho within the apron itself. MJ gets control for a bit and plays to the crowd, doing a vert- vertical suplex. Jericho does a suplex of his own to fight back. Jericho does a double underhook backbreaker. MGF tosses him forward uh, into the um, into the t- uh, turnbuckle. Wait, turns him forward into... I'm t- trying to figure out where my line is. Into a turnbuckle over his shoulder. I think it's a snapmare. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, I, I forget some of these moves on the fly. MGF works over the arm by going to the outside, a la Savage, and so, and, and, you know, you know, what do you call that when, 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 Savage, when Savage would, like, kind of run, and he'd go, he'd jump to the outside by putting their fucking neck to the fucking rope, but he did it with Jericho's arm, essentially, like, you know what I mean? Um, uh, where, where, where was it going? Um, they, but then does a heat seeker from the outside of the apron. While Jericho's inside, he, he he's down and, and Jericho's down to the and falls to the floor, and he gets back in the ring by a, by the eight count. MG, yo, MGF then does an acai moosol. This was fucking nuts. But he misses and Jericho power bombs him onto the side of the ring. After um, striking back and forth, Jericho gets caught with a code breaker when uh, he's uh, when he's jumped from the top rope for a close call. Knowing he, this could be the last match, the fans are are into every fucking close call. I think Jericho walks in uh, walks into a double double leg takedown, but still avoids the wall. Still avoids. Uh, the walls of Jericho. Jericho gets a close call by doing the lion salt. Jericho gets a power bombed um, as he attempted the Rana from the top rope, and MJF is selling it like is selling it fucking hilarious because Jericho is so much heavier, so it'd kill MJF's back. But the way that he sold this was fucking amazing, though it was really good. Like it wasn't just hilarious because I, I I I can see that like this could like he could use this in a promo like you know what I mean that he like you know what I mean like it's something that he would be a dick about afterwards like like you know what I mean? like you know what I mean like that that'd be his style of fucking complaining about how fat Jericho is because you know he 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 kind of hurt his back and shit like that you know what I mean um where was I um. 
this um, the, the, I said that this might be one of MJF's best matches for the character work he's doing. Jericho knocks MJF off the top rope and flies off the top and gets MJF into a code breaker, um, for a two count. Um, Wardlow and Jake Hager both brawl sides. Wardlow came out first, then uh, and then um, it gives MJF time to hit Jericho with the Floyd and the commentator are asking uh, about the heel turn for Floyd because. Apparently the heel turned on Jer uh, Floyd turned on Jericho. Apparently that's what Jim Ross was concerned about. MGF does a Judas effects and Aubrey ever counts a three despite not seeing the foot on the rope. I thought maybe Aubrey, Aubrey screwed him for a second since they're the Jericho and her always had beef. But the other ref informs her that she, the and she continues the match. MGF shoves her and Jericho rolls him up and then MGF gets into the salt of the earth. You think it's over? Jericho's placed into the walls. Uh, the Jericho's um. Jericho's placed in the walls of Jericho, and, uh, no, I'm sorry, I put MGF is placed in the wall of Jericho, and then, and then, uh, and then MJ, and then MGF, uh, and then MGF taps, I put M I put MGF wins, I, I was, see, this, sometimes it, it gets too confusing, I'm also looking at Twitter as well to see what the, what, what's being said as well, and then I, I just try to, like, try to, you know, pace out the fucking review, but then I get really out of control with this shit, but, uh, you know, MGF was placed into the walls, and then Jer and uh, walls of Jericho, and uh, um, and Jer and Jer Jericho won the match. You know what I mean? I kind of had a I had a feeling this was gonna be the result. There was no there was no way that they would have done it because other otherwise they would have just had the fucking fifth labor. But this was a cool match, and MGF kind of uh, has like you know has like a. He has an out to keep this going too because he did beat him, but the referee fucked up and now he, he and his group can get heat on the referee or something like MJF can, if MJF does like eighty six Tully shit and strikes her and you have like a baby face like you have Jericho like really make the fucking baby like the baby face turn like like not like he's the baby face but like kind of save her like a la Dusty Rhodes then it would be it'd be dope but definitely MJF character can fucking have ammo from this. And Jericho and and so Jericho and Inner Circle celebrate in the in the end, which was cool. Just to remind you that these guys are still in the group. They felt like it felt like a dope ending. Like it had fans really heated and reacted really well and, and to everything being done. You could not ask for a perfect fucking audience for this for this fucking um for like executing this fucking angle basically. When MJF did the moonsault, it felt like when, like, you know, when Carlito finally showed more, like, high-flag offense and then regularly incorporated it. So it's kind of cool that he leaves a certain style and then brings out more when he really needs to. MJF, but to me, MJF still looks like a main eventer. He can either be a comedic heel reacting and whining or he could do something really, really dark. I really thought maybe Aubrey tried to screw Jericho over because she, she normally would she, cause she normally would check if she got the full picture of the fucking pin even after the match and it felt like she was purposely trying to avoid it and it seemed kind of and she seemed kind of surprised so maybe when MGF shoved her it was not out of kind it was kind it was it was not kind of out of anger but about, about the call being reversed but rather maybe he thought that they had a deal or something I thought it was genius because Jericho and her have had beef when Jericho was heel. And Jericho did say the inner circle made peace with everyone, and she, and she was never really one of the people that he mentioned that that he made peace with. I'm not saying that it should be done. I'm just saying that they had like the way that she was doing it. Maybe she's not that good of an actor or something, but I felt like she purposely tried to avoid it, and she kind of looked surprised 
when uh, like she she didn't really seem that surprised when uh, the other referee just came out of nowhere and told her that uh, that he had his foot on the rope the whole time and all that kind of stuff. Maybe he maybe that referee thought that you know she would um, maybe he thought that she would have the call have like you know check the fucking ring to see if it was like you know because referees always check after the fact right. Like, right away, they'll always go, oh, no, 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 the foot was on the ropes. I thought that was just going to be the thing, but she actually thought that he won. So, like, to me, something seems fishy about this, in my personal opinion, you know? Um, yeah, so then then we had Darby versus Punk. She was one of those fancy black and white videos, you know, of Darby being airlifted into the helicopter, and then Darby just jumps from the helicopter he comes out, and of course, fans are losing it, uh, losing it for Punk. Punk is actually wearing long track pants. I figured he would do his ROA style of gear and do the long shorts, but fans are chanting while Darby is sitting in the corner and a la Raven, and Punk sits cross-legged in front of him. They both are just staring at each other. They lock up, and Darby arm drags them. They're doing it slowly and methodically. Punk does a shoulder break. break um, by the way, that arm drag, they, they did a number of Bret Hart and one two three kid references. In in the in the in in that in that match, ho- ho- hopefully that's not symbolism for like yeah Darby Allen's gonna have a shittier he's gonna have like a you know he's gonna get like uh like he's gonna get Darby Allen heat basically when you push him to the main event scene like how you did to X Pac in ninety nine but no 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 but they but but the same look that Bret Hart gave Punk gave it was it was pretty it was pretty fucking good Punk does a shoulder block and more feeling from the crowd between moves things are. These things get a little annoying, but I get it, because, you know what I mean, it's the fans chanting, welcome back. Darby applies a hammer lock, and the fans are doing dueling chants. They're just doing more holds and body slams. Punk and Darby exchanging more running offense from the ropes. Punk almost gets, gets on the shoulders by Darby, um, by, uh, Darby's, um, hold on a second. Punk almost gets on the shoulders by Darby scatters to the other. Oh no, okay. No, he gets you know, he Punk almost gets Darby on his shoulders, sorry, you know what I mean? Um wait a minute, where was I? Um Oh uh, yeah, yeah, so scatters to the outside, fan and now chanting you still got it. Darby goes for an arm drag from the top rope. Does a coffin splash into the into the corner? Punk um um fucking whips this guy. Into the fucking ring post where his spinal where his spine ricocheted off the middle part of the post and lands to the outside. That's gonna be the standard like how the new Bret Hart sell for the whip to the fucking corner. Punk works over him with a submission and a stomp. Um backdrop and knees to his back. Punk gets an abdominal stretch as well as a neck crank. Darby fights out, but Punk catches him with a tilt a whirl. I'm thinking how big show is gonna be after this match. And and punks on a pay per view lower on the card than Big Show. It, it, it's kind of hilarious. As I, 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 I was thinking about <laughs> Darby and Punk get some fucking pinning combination from moves um, they were doing. Eventually, Darby gets a code red. Punk's new trunks are fucking uh, you know are fucking with me in this whole match. It reminds me of Shawn Michaels in Elimination Chamber two thousand and two, basically. Um, you know, Punk shoves Darby to get um cross onto the onto the top rope. Darby still countering with a cross bodying Punk to reverse a suplex. Um, Punk eventually gets a GTS gets gets a GTS by using Darby's own momentum, but Darby lands outside. Darby gets back into the count of nine. Fans reacted more to Jericho's false ones to give you context. Um, Punk does this knee strike into the corner, and then and, and Punk connects with a short arm clothesline, and uh, some people seem to kind of uh. 
it seems like for a bit, people are kind of losing interest because it's not kind of match they're used to. It's kind of like slower than usual. And people online are making it seem like this is a WWE style. Like, like this kind of wrestling didn't exist before WWE, apparently. Darby elbows out another GTS and he's getting booed with how much more he's doing it. Darby does a flipping senton off the top rope to Punk after Punk took one of those crazy topes. Now fans are picking up with the booze when Darby is signaled to go to sleep. He does a coffin drop, but Punk moves. Punk rolls him up with the exchange near falls. Punk does a leg lariat. Punk counters a poison runner and gets a GTS for the win. Um, really, you know, this was a dope match. It was not the best match on the card, but it was a good showcase and they told a good story. People act like every match has to be this fucking indie fest of false finishes and nonstop shit, but you have these matches and this was a good start for Punk. I'm glad this was like not on the main event, by the way. You know, Punk sh- shakes, uh, you know, um, shakes Sting's hand afterwards. Punk offers the hand to Darby and eventually shakes it. It was a good match, and I, I'm glad it was not the main event, even though it would have been like a no-brainer for Chicago. I did appreciate that Punk recreated the 1-2-3 kid and Burr Hart spot with the arm drag and the other things that he did. It'll take getting used to see Punk wrestle in actual long gear. It just seemed like it was... It just seemed like this is not a, this is not going to be official. You know what I mean? It just looked awkward as Cody with that shit, you know, with the, with his pants and all that. But this was, a, this was a nice match for a good comeback match. Not everything has to be over-the-top, you know, spot fest, you know what I mean? People People were like, people were like gloating about, oh, well, Punk doesn't have it anymore, right? And again, like, dude, he it's been seven years. He wrestles a fucking, you know, a you know, a, a more a more methodical style. You know what I mean? Like, there's actual story being told. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just just to me at least, it it you know, it, it felt like you need some of the stuff. You just can't have like people because WWE because AEW has now become the quote unquote indie promotion that's citing all the indie talent and whatever and that style is welcomed. People think that you can't have these kind of matches either. Like people think that you can't do these kind of matches. This is a, I I can't complain about this match whatsoever because the fans were into like every single thing. Like they didn't need they didn't need to fucking kill each other with chair shots. And fucking, you know, like, you know, like that one spot fucking really stood out where he fucking, like, whipped Darby into the fucking ring post. And Darby felt like he just ricocheted off the fucking, uh, his spine ricocheted off that shit. It was, it was a good, it was a good fucking match to me, you know, in my personal opinion. It it was a fine, you know, first match back, you know what I mean? Punk is happy, you know what I mean? We'll We'll see what goes down, you know? Let me take a break before I get to the fucking other part because this is like one hour part of the recording, but I know I'm not going to... At least I can finish the fucking QT Marshall and Big Show shit first, okay? Paul Paul White throws the rest of the goons outside, chops QT, stands on him, does one big, one big chop. I don't want to recap the shit I say. He blocks a diamond cutter. He does a massive back body drop. He drops the shit. He, he chops the shit out of Solo and knocks Camarado and then catches QT with a chokeslam. I'm really glad we needed this fucking match on the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Mox cuts a promo Suzuki to set up a match for Dynamite. I guess, uh, I, I guess, fuck building the shit. We might as well just fucking pop ratings and get in case the pandemic gets worse and we need to fucking cut this off. But he says something like, he, uh, you know, um, he says they bury bullies in the nasty natty or something. I think they come to the nasty natty. He calls it the natty, the nasty natty, or whatever. But that seems like you know that would be like Natalia's like rap name or something like that. But he said they bury bullies there. It's gonna be a homecoming. Blah blah blah. I feel like they're going through the match too fast, in my personal opinion. 
But um, Mal- but maybe this is leading to the t- Tanahashi for full gear. Maybe Mal- Malakai Black cut a promo uh, um, where he tells Dustin Rhodes he doesn't want him to be calm because the matter he is the more predictable and the more likely he's to slip up. And he does calm down. He wants to remind him that all the reasons he's mad, uh, all the reasons he's mad up to up to including his little baby brother Cody, who Black left in the in the, the ring lifeless. Bent, bent a crunch around and bent a crutch, a crutch around his body so bad that he doesn't, he hasn't still hasn't come back yet. I like they, they, they I like they give him some presence on the pay per view, like to hype up a you know the dynamite card basically. You know what I mean? I guess you didn't really need. I mean, you you, you could have just done him versus Dustin on the pay per view, but uh, but I guess they didn't really need it. You know what I mean? But just to get uh, just to give him a pay per view payday basically. I'll be back for the main event in a second. Hold on. Okay, they start striking each other and kind of... Um, oh, sorry, Omega and Christian. This is Omega and Christian, you know what I mean? They, it, was a, it was a pretty good match, you know what I mean? But it was obviously meant for something that was going to be bigger, you know what I mean? They obviously, you know what I mean? Because, again, they had a close with a good angle, right, obviously. They start striking each other and kind of going for the finisher or something. They're outside brawling. Christian does a leap off the ropes onto him. Omega sends them into the, into the ring steps. Omega places the table on top of Christian and stomps on the uh, ring post. And then Omega does an Urkel impression with. Did, I guess he, I guess he's be, he incorporated in the end as well. So I guess he's gonna be doing this regularly. Go, did I do that? I don't, for some reason just. I don't find it this funny. I find the fact that Omega think Omega think that this would be fucking a hilarious thing to add to his fucking. You know, I mean, he is kind of annoying. So I mean, maybe he's like, I don't, I don't know, man. He just he's just so fucking rare. <laughs> Christian counters being suplexed onto the... <laughs> I just... Why the Urkel... Why did he choose the... <laughs> why did he choose the fucking Steve Urkel? I just... I don't... I don't I don't get it, man. I was... I don't know. I, I guarantee you... You people probably do more like... Like he's... He's such an obnoxious fucking geek... That he'll probably like do more... Like do more like nonsensical fucking sitcom shit. Like he'll probably like... Be doing like a Chandler Bing or something. He might do a fucking. I'm just imagining Omega in all these fucking roles now. I'm just doing like sitcom character shit. I don't know fucking. What. I can't. I don't know. I, can't, I don't know. I can recap the rest of the fucking. Thing. Like why the fuck would he? Why the fuck would he keep doing that shit? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. I I I can just get back into the fucking game, but I mean, you know, listen. I'm 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 having an all timer of a podcast episode. I'll tell you that right now, with all the mistakes that I'm making and all the fucking. I I don't know, man. I just I don't know. Christian counters being suplexed onto a table outside. Omega gets chopped, almost gets clover leafed. Omega gouges the face. They do rest holds for a while. Omega gets a back suplex. Uh, he does some knife off, knife edge chops. Omega throws Christian off off the top after placing him there, and they're exchanging strikes. Omega fucks up trying to do the moonsault off the guardrail, and he was kind of embarrassed by it, but it fit his character. But he finds his way back and does it again. This, this will never happen to Reigns. I'm telling you that. No, I'm joking. O- Omega slaps um, him around. Christian fights back, but Omega sends sends Christian sternum first, a la Bret Hart. Omega, they said that Omega did the Urigoshi, the but then people online were saying that isn't Excalibur. I think uh, Excalibur messed up on that one, but but I put Urigoshi instead. I couldn't find what the fucking move was. Everyone had something to say, but no one was fucking offering any answer to what move it was. Omega, uh, Omega, I said Omega trips Omega, so I'm guessing you know. Uh, 
I forget. I want to know who. I'll, I'll assume Christian's the one who tripped Omega on the on the top rope and does a, a Rana. Oh, Omega probably did the, who the one who did the Rana. Christian does ten punch, punches in the corner, but Omega almost gets him with a one wing angel. But Omega is back into the corner and then getting still continuing the ten punches still. Omega, I, I like how in the modern era they found ways to make the ten punches in the corner like like more like you know more interesting. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, Omega is uh, is uh, fighting out of the cloverleaf and pulling pulling his hair. Christian encounters something with a reverse DT. Omega knees uh, him into the corner of a charge. Christian hits a tornado DT with a two count. Uh, for a two count, sorry. Omega counters a kill switch attempt and hits a leg lariat and does a V trigger into the corner. He does another stat, snap dragon suplex. Christian flips, off, flips him off and gets another one. Followed by a V trigger. Omega attempts a German off the apron. Um, but Christian hangs on, but then decides to try a snapdragon, but Christian teases a kill switch from the apron onto the table, but then Omega teases the one-wing angel. Christian, Christian spears him off the apron onto the table. Um, Christian does multiple spears from the from the back and the front. Omega blocks a frog splash, deadlifts him for the gut wrench, but his lower back gives out. Christian blocks a V-trigger and strikes him, but then Omega still gets a ripcord V-trigger. Omega's Tiger Driver 98 was countered, and Christian attempted a, another cloverleaf. Cal signals for Gallows and Anderson, but Gallows get hit with a V-trigger when Christian moves out of the way. Christian gets a kill switch. Christian chases off Callus, and then, and then, uh, and after, after struggling on the top for a bit, Omega eventually hits a one-wing angel for the win from the top rope. It was a good match, and I'm glad it made an event, but this is definitely it was a slower-paced match as well with with some really solid spots. I think they made the right decision making the champion the fucking main event, although you could have just done the tag title match at the end maybe as well, you know. I mean, if you, if you weren't going to shoot the angles, you know what I mean, because that would have been like the hottest match to end the show with if... You know, you weren't going to do an angle, but they obviously did. Bucks come down to celebrate with the rest of the elite. They attack Christian and Jurassic Express come out to make the save, but they're getting beat down too. Omega of Chicago is starting to understand he doesn't care about hometown heroes, and no one's on his level. He's proven that day in and day out, year in and year out, and it comes to a title. Only other people who have had a chance to beat him are not here, retired, or they're dead. The lights go out, and fucking Adam Cole is here. And I go, I go, they need to, I mean, I said they need to work on his theme when I first heard it, but actually hearing it a couple of times online now, it's actually, it's a, it's a pretty good fucking theme. And it kind of sounds like, uh, it kind of sounds like, uh, um, it kind of like has like, it's like an upgrade from his fucking NXT one a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, he faces off with the Elite, it's him and Omega talking shit, like, and the commentators put over that, uh, he's saying that he hasn't forgotten what he, what he does, so they obviously are remembering that, right? He, and, then, and then all of a sudden, Adam Cole super kicks Jungle Boy, who's getting up, and he joins the elite. Omega taunts us about he does he does Urkel again. He goes, "Did I do that?" And then says, "This guy's our best friend." And he goes, "You know what I mean?" And then Cole takes the mind, goes, he does story time, and says, "The elite are the most dominant, dominant, and no, and there's no chance in hell anyone's ever gonna stop them." Omega bids us adieu, good night, goodbye, bang. But then Brian, Brian's like his the like the original theme of like what Brian's theme is sampled after in WWE in the WWE. They used it, but then they did their own track to it. You know, that you heard in the beginning of this fucking you know review, kind of in a way. But like yeah, so like you know, I'll, I guess Final Countdown was too much for them to handle, right? I guess. But I mean, and also because like, you'd be waiting for five minutes if, like, you know, you, you know, what I mean? it, it was a good, it was a good version. You know what I mean? It it kind of took me out a little bit, but then Brian is with the good guys in the ring, and they all start fight off the elite. Brian does Nick uh, kicks to Nick Jackson. 
German suplexes him and then does a running knee. And apparently he talked, you know, after that, that clip you heard in the very beginning uh, of like, let's fucking go. That was off air, basically. And he, 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 he you know, I'll, I'll get to the fucking afterthoughts, but I, let me go to my fucking rant, my thoughts right here. Overall, this is one of the best reviews I've seen. And it was kind of more about the surprise. And I think the match is delivered and it feels some kind of, of this shit is way too long where you could have just shortened it. But, but then the wrestling landscape, you know, has fucking changed in a way that it's, it's going to be hard to keep up with everything. But I'm not shocked Cole joined. Maybe he ends up taking over down the line. Brian walking out in the same hairstyle as Brock Lesnar was pretty funny. This is fucking insane. I expected Punk to come out, but something tells me he's going to be healed down the line or something. You know what I mean? I feel. But this was insane. It felt like this company... It felt like this company is WrestleMania 3 or WrestleMania 17. WrestleMania 3 because it'll probably be... They're like, you know, they're like the, the, the one that put them on the map. But WrestleMania 17 because of the quality of the show with most of the matches delivered. Everyone in professional wrestling feels like so fucking happy right now. And it felt like the beginning of something fucking great. It feels like a revolution in the business. And even though I feel on a grand level, you know, WWE's purpose is supposed to fall because we're some of new change in the industry. It feels like the aggression from the WWE show accounts has like died, has died, it's still there, but it feels like for the first time, their shitty criticism doesn't phase the discussion right now. Because now AEW is on another level where it's going to be hard to deny it any fucking further. It feels... It feels so fucking wrong that I gotta wait. I gotta wait till Wednesday to find out what happens. It feels like the days, you know. This is why I do my fucking shitty joke that I did earlier in the podcast. But you know, in two thousand twenty-one, we're all, uh, you know, the, we're, we're in two thousand twenty-one, we're all Canada ninety-six because we're gonna suffer through uh, episode of Raw. We're gonna, you know, and funny thing is when they might try to make it seem like they're gonna give us something, give something a shot. It just feels like everyone in the business knew September fifth. 2021 was a day something special happened. I, I, I can't keep up with all the post-media scrum, but Brian did cut a promo. He was cordial about the WWE. He said being a pro wrestler never left him because he took he took it wherever he went, which could be a shot at Punk down the line. He said they're going to find out who is all elite, and let, he said let's fucking go. I know the other great things being said, but I have to go over all of it, but I always try to... It's really hard to keep up with all this shit on a big night like this. And I, it's you know, and again, it's, it's, it's harder for me to read through these thoughts because I'm afraid I'm not going to remember anything about when I write them down, they, they they just seem too fucking brief. So I went over my whole spiel that I totally forgot about in the beginning of the podcast anyways, and I wrote it down here. But I mean, yeah, I mean, basically, everything is positive. Basically, what I get from the fucking thing is that everything is being, everything, everyone's excited. Everyone, you know, they're, they're keeping it cordial. Daniel Bryan said that Vince McMahon, uh, you know, is, is overprotective of him, but they have a great relationship. You know what I mean? I'm sure, like, you know, that's, that's not going to age badly at all. But, like, you know what I mean? He's keeping it cordial. It seems, he, and he's, like, trying to make it, I guess he's supposed to be coming off as a heel, heel a little bit in a, in, in, a, in a modern day sense on social media with being cordial with Vince and saying that, well, Punk, he said in the media scrum, Punk wants to work with all these young guys. I just want to kick their head off. So you assume that Brian is going to be the guy that's probably leaning towards more of a heel by saying stuff like that. And Punk is going to be the good guy, but I actually think Punk is going to be the one that is the bad guy. And Daniel Bryan is going to be the one that's a good guy. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, Punk is actually the good guy and Bryan is actually the bad guy in some fucking way. You know what I mean? He is the Bernie Sanders of WWE, uh, of, of wrestling kind of in a way. Someone who had a, you know, who had a revolutionary thing, but now he kind of, he sits with, he sits with, he sits with the, centrist 
and he and, and the Republicans, and he has to like keep it kind of cordial, even though he has more radical ideas. Adam Cole, uh, you know, um, you can still do Adam Cole taking over the group. I think they, did, I think on purpose they mentioned that that what what Adam what what uh, Adam Cole did because uh, Adam Cole was kind of taken a it, maybe you just shocked, but Adam Cole was kind of taken aback that Omega went out of the ring. No, 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 not like it was. It was very brief because of the excitement was going with Brian, but Omega like kind of ditched, kind of like like he didn't ditch him, but like he kind of just went on the ring. He didn't want confrontation, and and uh, and Adam Cole kind of did look back at him a little bit, but then Cole fought, but then Cole kind of went out. They got out of the way fast, and then Nick Jackson was the guy that was taking most of the fucking the brunt of the fucking shit going on, basically. You know what I mean? But you can still do Cole kind of taking over. I I could see. Omega losing the title to Paige at full gear. And then, you know, and then they actually uh, kind of uh, take Omega out of the fucking group. Because Cole is going to be the ultimate scumbag. People think Cole right now is already buried because he's going to be another guy in the elite. But to me, that is signal for Cole. That's an easy way for Cole to take over the fucking group again, maybe. And maybe Omega has to fuck. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, or maybe Cole is, uh, you know, on the Bullet Club side. Basically, when they when they come, I don't know. But it feels like you know it's, it's gonna be taken over. And then you can also fucking. And then if Balor's fucking uh, contract is done, he can retake his fucking group that he is the one that created. And that long and that long term fucking bill is gonna be fucking paying off. Basically, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's fucking. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, no, man, it was it was it was a good fucking pay per view. It was a really good, and I can't keep with all the media fucking scrum. You know what I mean? Like CM Punk saying he had an erection uh, at, at the ending and all that, and then the picture they used on social media. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, everyone was cordial about it. I think the main things were that uh, 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 Brian Brian said the generate they were gonna fulfill his offer, but the the main thing that always gets being put out there, I guess, because. It symbolizes that, like, you know, when a death happens, WWE exploits the death, right? And I feel like the Brody Lee symbolism of his death was that it symbolizes that, you know, even though I still think there's, you know, some fuck, you know, not from AEW more so, but more so from the industry as a whole. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, like a lot of people in the grand scheme of things, you know, celebrities and all that, you know, some sometimes people, you know, it feels like people have to go, apparently, you know what I mean? And I, and then I have my theories about death, but apparently how they handle a death seems to be the common theme for a lot of people, why they came, because they were, you know, they, they you know, they, you know, did a very good tribute to him, basically. And it actually, like, you know, back, down, back when it was happening, I was in my irrational thought, because I get scared about how the industry could cover up shit, and you don't know what goes on, so I lose my fucking mind not knowing if there's something shady going on, should it be called out, or do I fucking, like, you know, do, am I being complicit um, by, because it's, 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 it's because a new fucking company is out there, and I, I just assume that they're not going to do something shady, and then I start hating myself, that's why I get aggressive with, with some of my theories, and, and, I, and I go nuts about it, you know what I mean, but that seems to be the common fucking theme, and it was a fucking great, um, other than Punk's fucking wrestling gear, it was it was it was it was it was a it was a great sight to see. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just fucking messing around. But I you know I I just I just feel like you know, there's a a new fucking you know high in the air basically. You know what I mean? 
and now we gotta wait till fucking Wednesday. Like, I don't, I'm, I, I, mean, I don't have to watch Raw, but it's like, you know, it's been, again, the, the WWE's been a part of my thing, but I don't think I've been less interested in it. Like, I know that n- nothing's gonna happen that's gonna top what ends up fucking happening. The only thing that's gonna top it is discourse. You know what I mean? You know, Charlotte and I are gonna fucking fight each other. It'll probably be another fucking, you know, it'll probably be another fucking, uh, you know, slugfest that's gonna fucking make, you know what I mean? It, it's obviously gonna be another shoot. But I should go off with some... I should go and recap some of the stuff on Impact. Cause, you know what I mean? I, I did watch it, you know, earlier on and stuff like that. Uh, Ellering, Grace, and Wild beat the Influence. with another way to get this win over. But I don't get why you don't have the heel... Why you have the heels lose. I guess it would be better if they would let them build a newer faction. But I, I still like it. I still like it. I feel like, I feel like the babyface are kind of looking, lacking in the interest in this feud. Other than Wild, You know what I mean? Grace kind of comes off more heelish when she's not intending to be even... Um, uh, what's his what's his name? Um, Red Wolt and Diana uh cut up did a promo basically boast about the win at the NW pay per view, kind of gloating about it. And Mickey didn't think she could ha- she could do it. Basically, Red Wolt said Trey McGill has his attention now, so they're hitting a few with that. Decay beat um followed by Jose. It was really nothing. But Tasha attacked Rosemary before the match that made made havoc and Rosemary uh go to the back. And then later, Bond and and and, uh, and uh, Fala Bond Jose are interviewed and playing dumb about the attack. TJP kind of invites him to Swingers Palace and is and he's asking if this is his replacement as a tag partner and pointing at pointing at Jose. Bond didn't want to didn't want to didn't want to go to Swingers Palace because of the gambling problem or something. I think segment with these guys are okay, but they never really have any importance to me. Sometimes from what I Morrissey doesn't like anyone, but gives Sammy and Eddie respect because they at least admit it, they hate each other. Moose interrupts the segment back says he wants an alliance against those two, and he agrees with everything he says. And they find common ground in not trusting people, but are asking for trust. I don't, I don't know. Later on, Moose gives Edwards shit for playing it, playing hero. He's not the same guy anymore. He's a monster. Basically, warning Edwards about trying to get to be the hero, and it got him a, uh, a date with the devil. Edwards interrupts and say they and they go for a fight and Morrissey comes out and attack. This is actually dope. I think with the way they handle Sammy and Edwards' feud has been dope. I I I, 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 I they, they they you don't really like you don't mind the the reluctant partners trope because they've built enough of a rivalry with these guys. You know what I mean? Steve Mac Steve Macklin calls out Petey Williams in a promo segment. It was pretty intense promo to tell tell you the truth about you know. Uh, you know, this promo. Oh yeah, so I I was falling asleep while writing this. So again, this, it doesn't make any 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 sense. But the promo was really intense. the former X Division guy. Uh, was David David? Uh, is it David David Christ or David Christ? David Christ, who had a dope match with John Alexander, which which he, which uh, he he did lose, but then it was still a good showing. Then Saban comes out for a promo after Josh's post match pro uh, post match promo about carrying the legacy of the title and the most prestigious in this industry, and that's why he has to beat people who walked in his shoes before. So then Saban comes out. Saban said he can't can be the greatest because he has won he has won the title once, and he's had and he had had it like eight. But isn't it kind of proving his point though? Like, why does winning titles over and over mean? more when you should should be having only one reign that, that that that's really long, you know what I mean? But basically challenge him to Victory Road. This is a funny segment with Myers, different people that Sam Peel got for the most professional guy. The only guy I recognize was Ziggy Dice, but Myers is cutting people like it's a, like it's a 
throw him back to gut check. He cut one guy for thinking he was Cardona. He cut another one for saying that his favorite wrestler was Mojo Riley. The other, and then there's other reasons. I think Dyson was like the last two involved. Rowan and Shira beat um beat um Chelsea and Cardona. Rohit pit Chelsea. It's a decent match, you know what I mean? It's just to get more heel heat for 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 Rohit. Uh, I wish Cardina was a heel, like you know, uh, you know, on 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 the on this show, like you know what I mean, like, like he's been on the GCW shit. Sue Young has some says they cut promos with Brian Lauren and uh, Kimberly. Says that some souls they collect and others convert. They now have Brandy Lauren with them in, in that full full makeup. It really looks like all of them are just doing a female kiss group at this point. Uh, Carl Anderson and Gallows cut a promo where most of it was just telling the fans to sh- shut their mouths. And then Gallows had to make some jokes about how Willie Mack's in the hospital. And he, even though they won the non-title match, they said that something about Willie Lack. Because he lacks ability to stand on his own. These guys really do have the humor of the clique. Uh, Swan comes out to fight with them with the chair and then he gets broken up. Dreamer cut the promo about being a full circle because he was in a match with Christian and Jack Swagger in a triple threat. They joke about who beat who, but it was more about the honor of facing him potentially if he wins this match with Ace Austin. And Dreamer doesn't doesn't want Christian out for the match. And eventually in the match, in the main event, Austin wins. It was a good, it was a decent match. Fulton got involved in it, but I don't, I don't, I don't need to see Dreamer in the main event of, of a fucking program. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, what else I need to talk about? Um, what else was was there to put down here? Yeah. I guess you know Cardona's talking about do, about the fucking Chicago screw job, basically, right? The he's doing he's doing the fucking he's doing the uh, he's doing the fucking uh, um, he's doing the fucking like a Chicago screw job because of what happened. I think because he's been embracing Vince McMahon tropes. I'm like dressing like Vince McMahon, doing the Universal GCW champion and all that. I think he needs to do like an interview, uh, like you know what I mean, like maybe 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 do a mockumentary, like maybe do a mockumentary of Dark Side of the Ring or something. Like, no, no, not of Wrestling with Shadows, like like a five minute thing. Like he should embrace the dark, the Chicago screw job basically, and kind of do Vince McMahon tropes as a mockery, but. Dude, I I hope he's not like out of the picture. I hope it. I hope he does something to Moxley or something like that, where Moxley has to fight him for the title as well or something. You know what I mean? At some point, like you know what I mean? Like to me, I I I hope Cardona because Cardona. I mean, I like him in Impact. Right? I'm glad he's doing his thing, but I really like this fucking heel stick he's doing in in GCW. You know what I mean? I I thought it ended a little too quickly. You know what I mean? But I guess you had to do something big for it. You know, I'm not gonna get mad. Moxley's having the fucking career of his life right now, doing some of the most insane shit, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Moxley really does have one of the post, one of the best post WWE careers that I've ever seen, in 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 a wrestling context. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, in the, like I talked the Rock, obviously, right? But I mean, in re- in a wrestling sense, you know what I mean? The Rock, you know, I mean, I mean, Moxley has uh, has has done it, man. You know, he's done some cool ass shit. I'm glad the pay-per-view was good. I, I, I didn't know how much more I could fucking focus on dinner with Jay-Z fucking topics. I don't know how this becomes a thing every fucking few years. But it's like, it feels like both points are fucking, like, the people who are telling you not to take the money, to, to, to take the not take the dinner with Jay-Z, 
they're the type of people that would be taking the dinner because they're taking meetings with people behind the scenes to build their brand up in a real behind the scenes meeting to make it seem like their their rise up is a little bit more organic and all that. So th- those type of meetings are fucking equivalent. The most realistic, unrealistic part about this whole thing, who's going to be offering you fucking 500000 fucking dollars? It, it reminds me of all those fucking, uh, in, in high school, there'd always be a fucking hypothetical, like, would you, how much, how much w- would it take for you to do some gay stuff? And then people would be surprised, because even though, like, I, I, would, I, I would be acting a little bit feminine because of the way I'd be hanging, I would be around, around my, my sisters or my mother, so I bought a lot of, like, their fucking energy into me sometimes, so I'd kind of act a feminine, but people were surprised that I would be like, nah, I, I don't really want to, I wouldn't take any amount of money to do gay stuff because that's not me. Like, no, you would. That's bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, if you're going to do it, then that's fine. You do it then. I don't fucking give a shit. But, like, why are you, like, are you putting this upon me? It's like the same fucking energy with this fucking Jay-Z shit. Like, like everyone, like, people are like, you could read, you could read books on wealth. It's like, oh, yeah, but are those books really telling you every fucking thing? Like, those books will probably tell you less than what Jay-Z would tell you. And I love how everyone knows, like, this is the problem with you thinking you know all these celebrities because of what their fucking official, of what their social media sports entertainment character is. Because, because you think you know everything about fucking Jay-Z and you know all his motivations. Because we're supposed to be hating him now because he's a bad guy now. But if this were like 10 years ago, the same people that are saying take the fucking money would be take, would be saying take the dinner with Jay-Z. And I'm not talking about a fucking, uh, a cheaply, uh, a, a, the dinner would have to be a guaranteed fucking, a guaranteed fucking, like, life lesson. Like, it, it couldn't just be, oh, I'm just sitting here with Jay-Z and I'm at a Rock Nation brunch. No, it would have to be a real fucking meeting where you fucking tell me the blueprint of where I need to go to make it make it seem like my build is, is, is organic. Even though there'll be people behind the scenes really kind of boosting me up secretly and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of meeting I want where the grand level of making more money you know what i mean help me help me figure out who which fucking people and you act like you know by the way you act like having five hundred thousand dollars there isn't going to be people that are going to be gunning after you and trying to fucking swoop in trust me once you make it past a certain amount of money the higher ups are watching and they know when to fucking come for you and and take that money away from you essentially you know what I mean? So like you know, and and and, and I'm this is why I'm glad the pay per view happened because again I'd be obsessing over this for like most of my fucking podcast. You know what I mean? You know it just it just it gets annoying. But by the way, uh, Kip Sabian was at the fucking meet and greets, and apparently he's like testing out a new gimmick. He's testing out a new gimmick where he's I guess like. He's like been like he's been like he's been in isolation kind of, and he goes time doesn't heal all wounds. So he has like a he's walking around with with with, with a cardboard box on his head, and I'm not saying this is gonna be like a main event fucking level. Uh, uh um, I mean it could be a maybe it's a darker version of what Cody was trying to do with the mask, where like you know what I mean. Maybe he'll start putting boxes over people's faces so he doesn't have to see them. Or, like you know what I mean. It could be something unique. I, I'll give if, it, if this were WWE, I wouldn't really give it much of a fucking thought. It'd be like okay, it's gonna be a comedy thing, whatever, and all that. But this could actually be like, you know what I mean. I know people don't look forward to Kip Sabian, right? But the thing is, Miro was not in a good place either, right? So maybe him being injured for a bit and recuperating, coming up with a gimmick, maybe he'll catch on to something with this fucking box. I mean, it, it intrigues me so far, you know what I mean? Like, I like out of the, I mean, no, no pun intended, I like out of the box stuff like that.
it's gonna be cool. I, you know what I mean? I, and I'm, I'm rooting for it because I want everyone. I want every act to be at least be over. Like, no, not everyone's gonna be in the main event picture, obviously, right? But there's a difference. But at least people like you know, Al Snow and fucking Steve Blackman were not in the fucking main event picture. But they were fucking over as fucking hell. They had really good segments and all of that that were really fucking, you know, actually funny and stuff like that. You know? But, uh, you know, that's what it is. By the way, I I, I didn't mention that um, apparently, yeah, so now the rumor is Riddle Riddle does have heat with fucking the WWE because of his comments. So it's going to, I knew it was obviously going to be something that's going to lead to maybe him leaving the company. Because Roman Reigns wants him gone, and he played political power, or does it actually lead into like a real fucking light, like a real like like a like a storyline in the within the storyline itself, essentially, or does it become one of those things where, you know, where it becomes uh you know, where they they're kind of they're they're doing they're doing an obvious work shoot basically. Most shoots are fucking work anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You know, it 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 is what it is, man. You know. But yeah, uh, by the way, um, before I, I, I just, I just caught wind of this. I, I wasn't on, I, I saw, I, I didn't get a chance to comment on it. But um, M- Michael K. Williams, former o- o- Omar of the Wire fame, Boardwalk Empire, sure other movies he's been in. Um, yeah, he's dead apparently. Let me let me see what's going on here. Found dead. I'm sure it's it's gonna be. An, I'm sure the celebrities are gonna, and I'm sure that the right wing is gonna fucking make it seem like Michael. Cause th- this is a new thing. This is a new thing now. The right wing, whenever a celebrity dies, now they're gonna make it seem like, oh, did you know Michael K. Williams' family is um talking about um how he took the vaccine, but now he's they're, they're being shut up. Like you know, what I mean? it's, it's gonna be something along those lines. Because whenever these deaths happen, whatever, there's always gonna be someone, an angle that's gonna be exploited on some level, whether it's meant for the good or the fucking evil. But be, don't be shocked about what happened. I'm sure you know. Again, I'm always suspicious about you know a lot of actors that a lot you know i mean i believe that they have advancements they're connected on a massive level of you know having resources where they can probably you know escape this fucking planet and that's why i think a lot of celebrities do that and it's, you know what i mean and, and when you show me in movies and television constantly that people can fake their fucking deaths or there's you know more shit going on behind the scenes i always think it's reflective of what's really going on actually on a behind the scenes on a massive fucking level and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Hold on, let me see how let me see uh let me see how he does. Let me see if there's a reason why he died. I guess there's there's no uh. Sucks, man. He was he was just in that uh, he was in that in that Lovecraft, uh, the the Lovecraft's um, um, show on HBO that I watched. He was pretty good in it. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, that dude, man, the, the, it wired one of my fucking favorite shows. And this guy was uh, was uh, Omar, Omar 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 Little was a fucking dope character, man. 
you know, it was it was a dope it was a dope character. Like you know, what I mean, his character always had some of the best dialogue, you know, and some of the best lines. You know, money does money don't have money don't have owners; they just have spenders and all that kind of shit. You know, if you if you come for the best, you best not miss. It's a fucking great um. It's a it's a, it's a great fucking show, even though. There's, like, you know, obviously controversy with the whole fucking police shit going down. Is it copaganda or not? I don't think it's completely, like, it erases cops, but it doesn't, like, you know, it, it still makes them, like, seem... I, the thing is, it's always going to be... It's, it's never going to be a clear-cut thing, because, again, like, right now, it's, like... Like, there was a propaganda to make it seem like cops are the best thing ever, and now it's, like, the... the it's, like, the it's like you know, it's, like, a, the, trying to get us into the mindset of cops being the worst thing ever right even though i think the system is fucking horrible whatever right i i like to think that there's some fucking good people that are you know leaking shit out you know what i mean playing undercover a little bit that's why that's why that's why i want to write a movie called good few a, a few good apples where you have like a you know guys like trying to tear guys from within tearing it down and they're and they're like it's more about a revolutionary thing because it won't just cover that it'll just cover like a lot of other groups that are fucking trying to fight back against the fucking evil system that exists, and there's info, because if, if, if evil can infiltrate systems, you know, groups and all that, I can also believe good can infiltrate some of these evil systems, but whatever they fucking are. Not saying that what they're going to do on the surface is good, it just, I, it just, now that they're making it more obvious now, you know what I mean? It's like they're trying to ramp you up for more of a, sh- you know, more of that shit, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, I mean, we need, I, I guess there's no, no information. Everyone's just kind of giving their, you know. But yeah, dude, he was like, he was one of my favorite characters in The Wire, man. You know what I mean? Kind of su- kind of sucks that I just found out about this still, but you know. But for some reason, like, sometimes death doesn't really fucking phase me as much anymore. It does in certain situations, right? But because, like, I, I get into my mind frame of, of, like, not being down after every death, I have to always kind of convince myself that there is, you know, oh, my God, you're, we're just a bunch of energy and we'll go to another body when we're done or something like that. Just to, like, kind of, like, low, like lower the blow, blow of f- f- just hearing more people are fucking dead. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that my way is it's just, it's just the way I fucking cope. And so that I might, you know, kind of go overboard with my fucking theories, but it's just, like, you just, you just, I have to find a way to fucking, because again, if I just fucking take in every fucking death, I'd be breaking down more, I'd age even more horribly. So I have to fucking believe that there's more to this fucking world. I mean, even, and it's not in a, in a religious fucking way also. I know it's always about religion and all that kind of stuff, because that's the only way you can express supernatural fucking shit. Not that it's like, there's metaphysical fucking science, not that there's, demons and angels roaming around in this fucking world spiritually and shit like that we have to fucking you know gas it up in religion or in fucking in 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 other fiction other fictional fucking entertainment like you know like you know wrestling or movies or tell you know just television in general i don't know man it just i mean it is what it is right i i I guess you know i i have my fucking theories or shit you know they never really pan out no one really gives a fuck what I really think anyways. But, you know, I, I, I just, you know... Because, again, you're still feeling the high from the event. You know what I mean? Like, this is like... 
one of the biggest wrestling moments ever. And then, you know, now you got, you know, you know, someone that like, you know, you actually kind of like, you know, you really thought was a really talented fucking person. And all that, man, it seemed like a really fucking cool guy. You know what I mean? Like, he even he even did like Jim Norton's comedy intro. Uh, it was a kind of a weird intro. It was like I I, I don't know. It was like it was like it was like you know it was like uh, Jim Norton has some weird ass fantasies, but like it was basically him being tied up and Mike and Michael K. Williams was threatening to, was like insinuating that he was gonna like that he was gonna get raped even more, but then it was like revealed that it was Jim Norton's fantasy, whatever, and all that. Like, I don't know why like they had a fucking like it was like it was like. Like obvious edge lord type shit, but I, I I was just shocked that they got Michael K. Williams to agree to do that, you know. It just it just randomly, it's just so fucking random. But yeah, man, I I guess R.I.P. to Michael K. Williams, man. I you know, I you know I I, I you know, my, I it's I always I hate saying thoughts and prayers because you know people fuck you know what I mean because again it doesn't seem like anything but. Like, because what, 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 what can I do? You know what I mean? Like, what, 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 what am I supposed to... Like, you know, what, what can I do? And just, you know... Maybe I should just stop coming up with fucking stupid theories, maybe. I'd be one fucking clue, right? Anyways, I'm, I'm gonna go catch up and eat some dinner. And go fucking catch up with some Reddit stuff. Probably some more stuff that's gonna bother me. But I really had to come on and talk about, um... This fucking pay-per-view, man. Um, it was fucking phenomenal. One of the greatest fucking pay-per-views of all fucking time. You know, just just as far as moments and, like, the matches itself. You know what I mean? Everything was indie style. The tag team match is going to be talked about. Miro and Kingston did a fuck. You know, that match felt like a really good long match, but it was only, like, fucking, like... It was, it was only, like, ten, like, tw- like, 12 minutes, that match. You know what I mean? You, you, there's so much follow-up you can do with it. And I really do hope they keep the Miro and Kingston storyline going still. Because there's so much leg you can go. It can go go so much, so much more perfectly. Miro has so much justification, and and now believing in what and believing in his guy because Miro talked all. Uh, um, Kingston talked all that shit. You have MJF who can now catapult into more of a heel status because it's it's about the follow up about how they're gonna follow up with MJF. Right? It's gonna follow up with MJF fucking you know having to. Go to, like I hope it's not like some fucking comedy thing where like MJF like all of a sudden just gets sprayed with the more bubbly and he looks like an asshole and that's it really really. But by the way, full gear last year was when MJF beat Jericho the first time to get into the group. So I could see them actually just going a full year. You can you could actually say that this has been a longer build in the sense that they hinted stuff in two thousand nineteen. But like around this time, uh, in uh, uh, around this time, after all out last year is when they started fucking planting the seeds of MJF joining joining the inner circle. And and doing the and doing their fucking their little thing whatever and all that. So the thing is is like you know so it, it would make sense if they extend us to full gear, and maybe do something because this is where it culminated. This is where that's the event where it culminated with MJF joining the fucking group. Right, you know what I mean. So to me, it feels like uh, I thought. Honestly, I thought that happened on Revolution. I I, I, I totally thought that the, Revolution when they lost the ta- the tag title match. So you know what I mean. So like basically, you know, so that yeah, so it, it just seems like all of it happened like you know within that span. But it actually happened last year. So I think that that's what they're doing. Which again, so then then you know then maybe you know, maybe they do have it fucking mapped out better. I guess 
But it just seems like they're just adding extra to the story. I guess we really don't know the fucking story, but they like to put... They like to fucking trick us for the sake of tricking us sometimes, but... This might be, like, I guess this, this could be, like, you know, again, MJF still comes across as a legend. I don't know what you have with CM Punk. CM Punk could go after, you know, uh... See, you could have CM Punk go after fucking MJF. But that doesn't seem like it will. I think I think the MJF and Jericho thing is going to continue again still. I, I think, you know what I mean? I think that, like, you know what I mean? They, they say it's a one final time. But I think that in, in the next... In the next, in the next way they're gonna do this, it's gonna probably be they're probably gonna finish it off with the group thing, basically, probably, and come back full circle to the group, so the group gets put over, you know, in in, in that sense, you know what I mean? So we'll see what goes down. I don't, I don't know what the, what you can do. Obviously, Brian can feud with fucking Adam Cole, probably, or maybe he finds a partner and goes after fucking. Uh, Maybe, like, you know, Daniel Bryan and Christian team up or something like that. I don't know. Maybe Punk and Bryan team up against the Bucks or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. You can do a lot of fucking stuff, man. There's, like, a lot of fucking... You know what I mean? I don't know how much time you're going to fucking have, though. I really don't. I don't know how much time you're going to have. Moxley. You could have... I don't think you should have Moxley versus CM Punk this early, in my personal opinion. I really don't. I think that should be, like, a full gear... Or something like that. But, I mean, knowing them, they'll probably go to that fucking early. Because everybody... And, again, everybody in the company wants everything to go so fucking early. But, I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be mad because it'll be, the promos would be awesome. But, to me, I just think, you know, going to Moxley and Punk this soon would be fucking stupid to me. You know what I mean? I don't think they should be... be I think they should... Maybe you, you could tease interactions. But I don't think you should really, you know, have that, you know have that done, but who else do you put Punk with, basically, you know, but, because, I mean, they're definitely not waiting for Minoru Suzuki and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and CM Punk to, uh, Minoru Suzuki and, uh, um, and Moxley at the pay-per-view, they're doing it right now, unless you're carrying this over to a bigger angle, and since Moxley's tied in with the whole New Japan shit, I just really don't think that Moxley and Punk should be, uh, you know, Talking, touching right now, in my personal opinion. I mean, the the bigger question is where does Big Show go from here, right? I mean, that's what everyone really wants to know. But yeah, so I mean, this was a great pay per view. It's probably gonna be one of the most talked about events for the longest fucking time. It's like right up. It's like it 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 it, it, it totally destroyed WrestleMania thirty to me. It totally destroyed WrestleMania. It not I mean not really totally destroyed, but I mean come on. But there was like some really really good stuff, surprise wise. You know what I mean? One night, it definitely it de- definitely destroyed the one night stand. It, even though I love I love the one night, the, I love the I, lo- I love both of the events actually. You know what I mean? I I like uh, both of those events. It was probably you know. But I, I guess this is like one of AEW's best pay per views they've done. I don't know how how do I feel about uh. I I didn't really I guess I, I guess like double or nothing in the main event I didn't really like care for the main event on the on the double or nothing with the with the stadium it was funny but it was definitely not a pay per view to end it with but they I get they, they I'm glad they gave Omega a fucking pay per view for having it you know because again it, it it sucked that he'd be the world champion he's not getting the main event you know what I mean and and they put, they did the right call by doing it because I don't think it would have been a good ending with the Punk... Unless you did the angles after the Punk and Darby match. 
but it would it would have made sense. It made it made better sense for Omega to. It felt like a very. It felt like a, it felt like, it felt like a ninety six WCW. It felt like when Rowdy Piper basically came to confront Hogan, kind of in a way. Now you have like you know the guys that are popular with the last ten years, coming now to kind of face them off. Now you know what I mean. I, I mean it is what it is, man. But uh, I'm gonna head out, man. But uh. Uh, thank you for the five people that are listening to me. You know what I mean? Um, I appreciate the five people that are listening. No one else knows that, you know, everyone just thinks I'm an asshole online, but no one really, you know, wants to hear my podcast thoughts. I, I don't blame you. I'm, you know what I mean? Who wants to hear a fat fucking loser talk about wrestling for like the last, like, two, three hours, basically? But, um, yeah, that, that that's all I got from myself. Uh, I, I feel a little better. I, I shouldn't feel too better. I have to get back into a bad mood now. I have to go back into a negative fucking mood because my trolls will catch traction and then they'll try to fucking trash me and try to mock me for feeling any emotion because they don't have any emotion in them. Because they're cold-hearted people, you know what I mean? When you're constantly trying to make someone kill themselves... And trying to fucking add more mental anguish, you know what I mean? You can't really expect much from broken people who can't realize how broken they are themselves, you know what I mean? But anyways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jet, um, I, I've been hinting, you know, hinting this, but AEW, let's fucking go, basically. My sentiments with our Daniel fucking Bryan, you know what I mean? So, yes, thank you, uh, so yeah, man, uh, I, I, listen, man, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to fucking hype up a billionaire, but I mean listen Tony Khan you know I think he has something here. I don't think the buff- I, I'm gonna still stand on my fucking belief that the booking isn't fucking perfect in every single situation. But yesterday the book the the right decisions were made in, in a lot of the fucking matches, and uh, and they made the angle interesting enough for for there to be good follow up. And I hope it's not I know it's buzzing off Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole, but I really do hope they do follow up properly. With some of these other fucking fears that you need to follow up with. Because MJF needs to, you know, uh, be more established now. But, you know, because he looked fucking amazing with, with you know, he felt like a, he, it felt like a big time fight with him. And the way, the way that he was trying to get heat from everybody and all that type of stuff. Like, he did some good shit. He actually worked his, he did some, some of his best character work in this match. He pulled out some new, new arsenal from his fuck to, in his moveset. So you know what I mean? Like it was it was a star making it was star making fucking moment, and you know he's already beat Jericho three times, but this actually gives um, them the pinnacle more fuel to become a more dangerous stable because of this because of this. It show you how dark he really is and how like you know will, how far he's willing to fucking disrespect people and all that. So we'll see what goes on. I'm looking forward to what what happens with Brian and Cole and all them guys. I still think Cole will be fine. I think Cole should take over the fucking group eventually. But you definitely do need to have Hangman Page and Omega at full gear, man. I, 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 we really need that. We need Adam, we need Adam Page's storyline arc to really... So this will make me know that AEW is fully behind their homegrown fucking talent. If you can give me the Adam Page ha- happy ending and um, bring back the fucking Dark Order together and putting the Dark Order on another level as well. You know what I mean? So that's where we need to be going, and and, and I hope they do it ra- sooner than rather than later. You know what I mean? I don't want it. I don't want. I hope AEW can figure out not to do two week builds for pay per views. You know what I mean? Because not everyone is you're, you're you're high right now, but not every pay per view is gonna be of this fucking caliber in the sense that like you you already maxed out your surprises. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta ease up a bit and let the fucking product speak for itself now. 
but you've already set it all in motion for a fucking g- g- groundbreaking, uh, you know, uh, changing the guard, basically. Like, it's a, September 5th, 9.05.21 is always going to be a memorable fucking moment. You know what I mean? It's always going to be, you know, a, a moment. It's going to be one of the greatest, you know what I mean? Nine, yeah, you, basically you call it nine, nine to, basically you call it nine to five, basically. That'll be the new marking, the nine to five, you know, uh, fucking era of wrestling. I'm just fucking, I'm just fucking coming with random fucking shit. I'm, I'm prolonging this for no other fucking reason, because I feel like I need to give some more in-depth fucking analysis, but I think I've given you enough fucking bumbling laughter for the, for the, for the, for the, for the remainder of the day already, you know? my fucking incessant bitching and all that type of stuff. And enjoy this rare one where I'm in a, in, a, in a decent mood. I'll promise I'll be back into my shitty mood in my bipolar state that the world of entertainment needs me in because I'm no good being a happy fucking person to people. You know what I mean? You, you only get heat being an evil fucking piece of shit. Anyways, take it easy. Oh shit! I forgot another thing that I need to do. Sorry, I, I need to. Do, I always forget this all the time. But there, I mean, maybe maybe I should take a hint from this. But let me see how many I got. I got right basically. So from what I wanted to happen on the pay per view, best friends in Jurassic Express they won. Okay, right. I wanted Thunder Rosa to win the Battle Royal. She didn't. I wanted Moxley to win. He did. I wanted obviously Paul, I just put Paul White. I didn't want anyone to win actually, but Paul White. I got a point there. Wanted MGF to win, didn't get that. I wanted Eddie Kingston to win, didn't get that. I wanted the Bucks to win, didn't get that. I wanted Baker to win, I got that. I got a, I wanted Omega to win, I got that. And then I got um, and then I got um, Punk to Punk. Uh, no, no, and then I got yeah Punk to win basically yeah. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six. So six out of uh, six out of ten. As far as what I thought AEW was going to do, as far as what I thought AEW was going to do, I got a perfect fucking score. I said they're going to book, uh, you know, a best, friend's, a best friend in Dress Express to win. I said Ruby Soho, they'll probably do. I said John Moxley, they'll probably do. I said Paul White, they'll obviously do. I said Jericho, knowing them, they would do that. I said knowing them, they'll do Miro still. Knowing them, I said, that I should have switched. I should have, you know, but it, that would affect my perfect score. Uh, for what I thought AEW do, I said Lucha Bros will probably win. They did. I said Baker will probably they they'll probably put Baker to win. I said they'll probably make Omega win. They'll probably make Punk win. And I got all those. So I got ten out of ten on all those fucking things, man. That's pretty fucking good. Uh, pretty good fucking score. Probably my probably my one of the best scores. AEW is always hard to figure out how they're gonna fucking book certain things. You know what I mean? But overall, I thought I did pretty good with that one right there. So. I mean, I don't know why I had to fucking tell you guys, but I guess, you know, it's a, it's a constant bit on this fucking stupid podcast, so. Anyways, peace out. <laughs>